Hey, longtime listeners, this is Shades here. Just dropping you a quick note to let you know that we are pushing uh, this week's episode, Evolution, back one week. It's Thanksgiving here in the States, and I'm just taking a little downtime to spend some time with friends and family, eating a little turkey, eating a little bit of cranberry sauce, and lots of stuffing. So instead, we're going to repost episode 31, Gargoyles, with special guest Zara Fuzzle. Uh, she is recently the 2019 uh, winner of Outstanding Promo and Outstanding Body of Work for the Sovis Awards. Uh, we were so thrilled to have her uh, on the show as our resident gargoyle expert. So take a listen, enjoy, and come back next week for our Evolution episode. We will see you next time. Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is... Geeking, Geeking out, out with Shades and Sketch. Welcome sketch. back, long-time listeners. Oh, yeah, welcome back. Thanks it's been for a little joining while. us again. Every, every time you meet us, you meet us in a different corner of, of the geeking multiverse. We bring our Goko around with us. This week, Shades, where are we set up? Sketch, this week, Goko is set up inside of Castle Wyvern, high above the skyline of New York City in the Xanatos building. Uh, an ancient Scottish castle, a medieval yes, Scottish castle. That is correct. Perched atop. Transported brick by brick, brick stone by, brick. by stone. Stone by stone. Stone, stone by, by stone. stone. To, uh, you know. 1994 New York. Manhattan skyline. Yeah. 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 If you thought, uh, Putting your name on a building is arrogant. Putting a castle, Putting a on, castle, top castle on it. Like candles on a birthday cake. Hey, spare no expense. No expense. Uh, so if we are in Castle Wyvern in 1994 in New York, that must mean we are talking about... Disney's Gargoyles. The animated series. Yes. Uh, do, we have a, do we have a theme song we sketch? We definitely have a theme song this week. Perfect. All right, so if we are, uh, if we're talking gargoyles, that means that we, wait, Chase. What? But put that what down. What? That's, that's a priceless artifact that probably hasn't been touched since it's... 1996. You're what? a horrible just... archaeologist. Leave things alone. I take offense to that. I'm a wonderful archaeologist. What are you Look, unfurling? There's, there's a little, there's this inscription here. I'm uh -huh. just gonna. Deslagrate muri tempi et internalia. Oh gosh, this was a bad idea. What? What is? Oh. What is that? We have uh, opened a portal of some sort. The Phoenix Gate has worked. Yeah. And uh, with us is Zara Fossil. Hello. Welcome. This is insane. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being our guest. Are we not going to talk about the magic that just happened? Well, it's the, it's the Phoenix Gate. That's amazing. Welcome, Welcome to New York. I have some Welcome. time dust on my shoulders. Oh, I'll sorry about that. that off. Guys, 24 years later. I know, right? Craziness. Uh, so, Zara, we're so excited to have you on the show. What a happy accident. Um, yes. Like we pulled over just the right person. Oh, I'm so excited to be here and to talk about Gargoyles. I, the show was so important to me growing up. So it's a joy to talk about. 
Oh, fantastic. But before we get into uh, gargoyles, oh. you've you've been circling uh, some of the properties we've done on this show uh, for a while. We uh, talked to Defenders, uh-huh. which oh. I believe you are the voice of Matt Murdock's cell phone ring. Oh. <laughs> Is that true? On Daredevil. Oh, Daredevil. Yes. Okay. When um, Foggy calls him, yes. I'm the voice that you hear. Foggy, foggy, foggy. There it is. There it is. That's fantastic. <laughs> Guys, we did not just pump in audio there. That, right. was, that was that was live and on the spot. <laughs> and uh, we also talked Netflix's Lost in Space, yes, of which did. you are the voice of the computer system. Yes, on that's all right. Jupiters. I voiced the Jupiter and the Resolute uh, spaceship consoles. Very cool. Wow. Yeah. So that's um, crazy. Yeah, so a happy accident that you're here, but uh, we are excited nonetheless. You can uh, hear Zara on season seven of Voltron, your character Razavi. Yes. Um, fan favorite already. I know. It's really cool to see the fan response to all the new characters that were introduced on this last season. It's just the amazing amount of fan art that's been created. It's just stunning. Yeah, it's uh, it's really great to see them bringing in characters late in the show. And being yeah. so well-received. Yes. Because we've seen that happen yeah. on shows before where it's like, Ugh. Right. And this season of Ultron was like, okay, when's 8 coming out? Right. Like, yeah. tomorrow, hey, uh, Season 8? When is season 8 coming out, Zara? Do you they haven't announced it officially. Okay. But I'm feeling we'll get an official date after New York Comic Con. Okay. Oh, that's soon. Uh, that I've heard soon. rumblings online that it's going to be November. And uh, spoilers, will Rosave be uh, making a reappearance in season eight? Uh, no spoilers. Okay. But if, you're, if you liked Rosave in season seven, I think you'll be happy uh, okay. when season eight comes out. All right. <laughs> Excellent. I will take that. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, we, are, we are huge DC fanboys. Um, I don't know if you've listened to any of the show. I will assume that you are a longtime listener. I don't even think you need to listen to the show to know. I know. We're such DC <laughs> fanboys. We basically have billboards out there. We do have yeah. billboards. It's amazing. Um, and so we're very excited to hear that season three of Young Justice, titled Outsiders, Finally. Finally. right around the bend, of which um, I read an interview, um, not with you, but in, uh, an article in Newsweek in which we were, you are mentioned. I think the quote is that we will all be standing in line to meet you this time next year at Comic-Con. Oh, my gosh. Um, that was. <laughs> so you yeah. read that article. I did read that article <laughs> because they basically uh, were reporting on what happened at the panel. Yes. And I full tangent here. I had gone to the panel to support the show, to support um, my fellow uh, actors and the creators. And I had no idea they were going to announce me at the panel. So when they announced there. that and Greg said those kind things, it was a total surprise. And it was really cool. It's like, okay, well, I agree. Uh, here, hello, public. I'm here. <laughs> That's awesome. So exciting. And you are voicing um, Halo. For those yes. not in the know, Halo is an original Outsiders member. Okay. Of the I'm team. not in the know. You're so she was part right of the original team, uh-huh. but it yeah. seems that they have drastically changed um, Halo's backstory and origins and the character. In that awesome Young Justice way. Yes. Where um, they put their own twist and stamp on everything. Yes. Um, it's really 
cool. I'm excited um, for people to see it and to see this this version of Halo. Yes, very exciting. Because uh, if I understand correctly, she was kind of DC's um, equivalent to Marvel's cloak oh, and dagger. From cloak and dagger. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, uh, dagger, not cloak. Okay. You know, they they have a very similar motif in the original versions mm-hmm. of the Halo character. Um, uh, different powers, but stylized similarly, and they have just drastically redeveloped the character. I love everything that Young Justice has done with their character choices, so I'm very excited for uh, the to receive Halo in season three, and uh, maybe Yay. we can touch base with you after that comes out, and you're totally. able to talk about it a little bit more. I'm probably totally. most I'm... looking forward to season three of Young Justice as anything on DC's streaming yeah. service. You know what I mean? Me too. We've been waiting a long time. We have. That's awesome. Yeah. We... And it's been really cool to join um, a property that has such a huge fan following. And not just a huge following, but it's truly beloved. And it was fan passion that directly led to it coming back. Oh, yeah. We wrote a lot of letters. That's amazing. Personally. Yeah. The two of us. Yep. Yes. It's what we do in between episodes, really. <laughs> That's so great. Is uh, I write letters and Shades brushes up on Latin. Yes. You never know when, you never know when you're in. going to need it. Okay, that's fantastic. Thank you uh, for sharing what you can with uh, with Young Justice and Voltron. And I, I know listeners. we're eagerly eagerly awaiting both, it, both, and yeah. I'm sure our longtime Me listeners three. are as well. <laughs> awesome. So gargoyles. So right um, off the bat, spoilers for gargoyles, guys. If you haven't watched this 24 year old show, we're gonna spoil quite a bit. Yeah, get on. <laughs> what have you been waiting for? Um. October 1994. So this is what 24 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So this is the 24th anniversary. We're we're so timely with. Happy it. anniversary, everybody. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Um. Technically, get into... 1,025. 24. <laughs> yeah. Very quick. That's true. That's true. Uh, do we need to do a, a, a synopsis of gargoyles? A general Catch. synopsis. Do you I have mean... a synopsis for us? On the spot. Okay. Um, this is a world in which gargoyles are mythical creatures that exist alongside man. Uh, they sleep during the day. They're stone statues during the day, and they come alive at night, protect uh, humans that they have sworn loyalty to. And uh, we're following a clan of gargoyles that have been placed under a spell for a thousand years, and they've reawoken in, in uh, mod- well, 90s Manhattan. And uh, they have to adjust to the, the, the modern dangers and threats of, uh, of that world. Is that enough? Perfect. Okay. That was on the spot. It was. Yeah. That, that was, was amazing. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. I <laughs> recently watched all 70, how many? Episodes? 72 episodes. Um, Sorry, 78 episodes. Yeah. And, 78. And I watched them Are all you including like three weeks. the Goliath Chronicle yes, as part of that? I okay. am. Yes, I am. Because you know those aren't technically canon. Yes. We've, we've since learned, and I am desperately trying to hunt down the SLG comics that continue the, the canon story. Yeah, But it's pretty difficult. Do have you, have oh. you ever read them? Do you have those? Are you, do you I, a reader? I have. I, I think I have the first volume bound um, in a storage box in my sister's house in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I they're have... really good. I have the second collection bound on on the way to me, so together we could read the complete story. Oh, there's only two. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Future so, episode. Future future episode. Future meaning. Read. 
the Gargoyles continuation. <laughs> did it end? Like, did the comic end it or did it leave it open-ended? I think it's open-ended okay. because there yeah. were plans for another comic book in 2015 that sadly was canceled, oh. but it was ongoing. Yeah, Disney took back the, the imaging rights in 2015, right? Mm. I think. Something like that. Yeah. And, uh, Jordan Peele recently pitched a live action. <gasps> That's right. I, I would that watch that. Do. I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> with everything Disney's doing with mocap right now and uh, bringing their, their animations to life. But, um, Zara, what's your history with gargoyles? Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to date myself here. I was in the gargoyles target demographic. Um, I was 10 years old when the show came out, just turned 10. And I um, was a huge Disney afternoon fan. I love Darkwing Duck especially. And Gargoyles caught my eye because it was so dark in tone, different from the rest of the Disney afternoon. Absolutely. And I remember coming home from school one day and watching it. I think it was, ah, I remember the first episode I saw was uh, long, long way till morning. Oh yeah, it was the one where Elisa got shot. <gasps> yep. Oh, such a good. Episode. Hold on, That's I'm, a very good I'm, let me double check the title on that because no, it's Shadow not the right the title. Gun? Is it Shadow of the Gun? No, not the Shape of Water. That is incorrect. <laughs> was that the, the Gargoyles first? Me. Was the new movie a re- reboot of a specific <laughs> Gargoyles episode? <laughs> Oh, that would explain so much. Fun fact, I used to have all of these titles memorized and wow. I would write them like in my notebook at school to calm down when I was feeling anxious. Wow. That's that, that is a coping technique that we need to bring back. Seriously. Seriously. Notebooks we need to bring back in schools. Yeah. Well, the first episode I saw was the one where Lisa gets shot. Yeah. In season one. And that's a uh, rough one to come in on. Right? And it was so one. different when from anything I'd ever seen before. And um, from that moment on, I started watching. I, shortly thereafter, they replayed The Awakening five-parter. Uh, and then I was that. I was hooked. It was a bold opening to a afternoon children's cartoon to do a five-part opener. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Non-episodic, like, tune in every day. To check this out and just as an aside uh, zara that that episode's called deadly force deadly force yeah. of course we were, we were those are both titles in the series but both we both had the title incorrect wah wah it's okay it, yeah opening on a five part for a syndicated show yeah after school with your target demographic because we were we were, we were also, also 10, 10. Yeah. i was i, I must have been <gasps> you were 11 i was 11 mm-hmm. um but I remember running home after school daily to try and watch Gargoyles and oh, catch yes. it. And I, yeah. would, I would get in the door as the credits, opening credits were finishing. Yeah. I loved uh. that they had in season two, they extended the credits a little bit to give Goliath his monologue. And I would right. always turn it on. Um, you know, we live again yeah. And, yeah. and go right into it. So it was great in season two when they extended the credits a little bit because I didn't miss the episode. So you'd get home and you'd shove your mother out of the way. Oh, my goodness. She would say, how was, how was school today, little Oh, Chase? no, mom, and you mom, mom just, would pick me up. Mom would pick me up. Like, mom, we got to go home right now. Yeah. 
like traffic lights were the, my enemy because then I'd miss the beginning of the episode. The uh, oh. the gargoyles have waited a thousand years. I can't make them wait. No, another ex- minute. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. No, I get it. I get it. No, I remember running home every day after school to watch to watch that and mm-hmm. try and catch it because it, you're absolutely right, Zara. There was nothing like it on television that was so dark and so um, had you know cartoons in general in that age didn't have a, a story arc. They were all episodic and. Right, the continuity. Yeah, like the way it built. Um, so I just remember instantly gravitating towards the storytelling devices and, and the way um, that it was inspired by kind of like Hill Street Blues of the recap mm. of the previous episode and, and yes. how everything was a, a continuation of it. Uh, Hill Street Blues, for those not in the know, longtime listeners, uh, like episodic cop drama type thing um, that gave you the recap before. Um, they launched into this week's installment of the episode. Previously on yeah. Hill Street Blues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, that was fantastic. That was excellent. Like I was ra- You ra- didn't Derek. do that too, did you? No. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, sketch, what's your history with Gargoyles? I mean, I, this is another show that I started as it was out, 10 years old, just like you guys. I don't know about you guys. I never saw season three until I, uh, or not season three, the Goliath Chronicles, until <laughs> I made myself recap the whole thing um so i knew it existed but for whatever reason that one fell off my radar but i adored gargoyles you know because i had also grown up with uh you know teenage mutant ninja turtles yes and Mm -hmm. batman the animated series and this one was like right in the middle yes you know it kind of had totally kind of had aspects of both and then aspects of something completely new as well right had the ensemble nature of the ninja turtles mm-hmm. it had the darkness of batman yep. and the narrative like arc storytelling that batman the, at least the first three seasons of batman dabbled in yeah um but like the ensemble and humor and, and personality of ninja turtles yeah and you know you bring up a really good point i was a big uh ninja turtles fan too yeah. and i also liked the show biker mice from mars yes <laughs> and there's a similar I missed. I oh yeah, well. biker mice from there's Mars. A sim- yeah, there's a similar dynamic where you have the human protector against these non-human or working with these non-human things that the rest of humanity might not quite understand. Yes. But they're there to protect. And so it's that same vibe, April O'Neil, Elisa yes. Maza. I think it was Charlie in Biker yes, Mice. Yes, that's from what I was Mars. gonna say. It was I I couldn't remember if it was Charlie or Harley, but now I remember they're a uh, female protagonist on Mars was named Harley, and their human protector on Earth was named Charlie. Wow. Deep That's awesome. Dive. Deep dive. Did street sharks fit into this motif? Same era, but not as well developed. Well, yes. I'm not arguing that the that street was sharks. something we're going to geek out over. Did they have a female liaison? I don't remember the if the street sharks remember. had a female liaison. They were just into extreme sports. I didn't. They really were. <laughs> yeah. You know, like sharks. That's a they common, gave... a common thing with sharks. It is. Yeah, it's. Uh, I see that in Shark Week all the time yeah. now. Mm-hmm. This is not the street sharks or biker mice episode. Right. Although that would be a fun one. Apparently, it's the Latin episode, <laughs> though, guys. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just. So all three of us have very fond childhood memories yes. of the show. How about yeah. going back now as as cultured adults rewatching it? You guys have any changes in opinion? No, it is it is as good, if not better, than I remember. 
in many ways. Yeah. I don't think I appreciated the narrative, like the narrative storytelling and yeah. the arc of characters. Uh, just to geek out on that for a little bit, um, is there going to be a random episode with King Arthur? Yes, there is. Is he going to have a narrative arc where he comes back and we see the rest of his story? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Is um, the are Margot and and James? I think from like the first three episodes, are we going to get their narrative history? Brendan, oh, Brendan, Margo thank and Brendan. you, Margo Give and him Brendan. your wallet, Brendan. Yes, uh, also voiced by Marina Sirtis in the first two uh, seasons. But it is uh, Margot becomes the district attorney in season three. Oh, right. It's like right, right, every right, character right. they introduce, like that you think is just going to be a one-off disposable character, mm -hmm. comes back and we learn their whole life story. Vinny. Vinny, the guy Vinny. who's always oh, yeah. getting thwarted by the gargoyles. And then, like, in season three, he goes off to Japan and to, like, get his job and his life back together. Even the uh, the super small character of the New York Central Park jogger. Yes. Just kept yes. showing up again and yes. again. It was, it was the Avatar Cabbage Man before <laughs> Avatar's Cabbage Man. So, uh, so Zara, is it, is it as good as you remember? Did you revisit it at all? I think that it's impossible to look at a beloved childhood property objectively. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I think so. I think that, like you said, there's no waste. Everything introduced gets wrapped up and new questions are introduced. Yes. But like there's everything is used to full effect. Um, and the thematic storytelling of it, the sh not to mention all the Shakespeare references. Yes. Um, the classic, you know, like you mentioned, King Arthur, um, Greek mythology, and then playing with modern tropes um, when it comes to Elisa Maza and the the whole cop stuff, yeah. the Illuminati. Like, yes. it just touches so many deep cultural veins. It really does. And mythos, those veins of mythos. Uh, that it makes the whole thing feel bigger and expansive. Like, what Greg Wiseman is really good at is universe building yeah. making mm -hmm. you feel mm -hmm. like you're in a specific world and all the uh, corners of that world are colored in and fleshed out Strong so yeah agree. i think if if you haven't seen it and you're an adult totally watch it absolutely there's so much there um for the adult viewer too definitely when i rewatched it i was hesitant because there they Long-time listeners, to, to pull the, the curtain aside for a second, sometimes Shades and I talk off mic. We are actually friends in real life. And, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, we've talked about other things to bring back from our childhood, and we've started and gone, oh, no, this, oh, this yeah, will we can't not do be that. fun. This, this, is, this is bad. Yeah. So I was like, oh, God, I hope that's not the same with Gargoyles, because I remember this so fondly, and I was blown away. At how good it is, even by modern standards. Oh like, yeah, in it's terms of animation so and everything, than it's it had to be. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it is. it's so much better than it had to be. Exactly, because the contemporary show at this time is Darkwing Duck, mm -hmm. and <gasps> we were we were when we were talking about doing this. I have such fond memories of Darkwing Duck yeah. and Gargoyles, yeah, and so we went dangerous. back and exactly yeah. right, and we went back and watched a couple episodes. When we first started talking about doing this, mm -hmm. I think last year. Yeah, probably. Oh, wow. And Darkwing Duck did not stand the test of time. It was what? 
What? Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Spoilers for those of you who love Darkwing Duck. Oh gosh, we did Don't, not spoiler alert. We Darkwing did not Duck spoiler alert Darkwing Duck. Test of time. My favorite episode of Darkwing Duck. I have such like memories of it being so dark and gritty. Is Goslin um, goes into the future. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And we With see them. Dark Warrior Duck. Mm-hmm. Dark Warrior Duck. Yeah. Time and, and punishment. Wow. Wow. Crime and wow. punishment. Crime no, and time, puni- and time and punishment. <laughs> wow. Very quick. This is amazing. We are talking to a real geek here, Sketch. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember the, uh, being so dark and Launchpad's old and he has patches and he's still in the tower. I'm like, oh, so dark. It's like it was their Dark Knight Returns episode. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and watched mm-hmm. it and I was like, oh, no. Wow. Oh, I no. Haven't. I haven't. I Ruined didn't forever. rewatch anything because no. of your guttural reaction to it. Yeah. And I was like, I, <laughs> I think I want to leave it pristine in my yeah. memory. Yeah. I would I'm recommend. going to respectfully disagree. Ooh, nice. Oh, okay. I, like I, I totally take your point. Okay. I ran a fairly successful Darkwing Duck website, like wow. in early 2000s. Okay. <laughs> so I did um, a rewatch of the show in my early 20s. And I know a little bit of time has passed since then, but. I felt as an adult, it didn't necessarily hold up all the time to like adult standards of viewing, but I still appreciated the heart and the storytelling. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. And the writing of certain episodes. The jokes were so quick. Yes. Um, and I just love that relationship between Darkwing and Goslin. Yes. And Time and Punishment is an episode where that is really explored. Um, so I don't know. It doesn't. The datedness of it doesn't bother me as much. That's, I, that's my two cents. Oh, I, I would agree with you uh, on those both those points. I think as a, a young child, um, I I really like resonated with his costume and like the darker version of of Darkwing. And that aspect didn't like Darkwing was never as dark in that episode as I perceived him to be as a child. Totally. And that's that's where it kind of fell down for me. Um, and I didn't re- rewatch a lot of it. I just remembered that episode very fondly and went back and watched that. But I'll 100% agree with you. The relationship between Darkwing and Goslin was, was yeah, very well constructed. All right. Well, now, constructed. Uh, now you've convinced me now I do have to okay. watch it. But, it was but this isn't the Darkwing Dex episode. And that was only one season. And Gargoyles was 78 episodes. I mean, yeah. season two is the length of four season four ones? season ones yeah that's crazy yeah, i know that watching everything in the last three weeks yeah <laughs> uh, but we're getting dangerously close to rants and rape we should are we should we get specifically <laughs> into we should should we do rants? the all-important internet scores before we go there uh, we're, we're not allowed to talk until we hear the all-important okay internet all right scores. so imdb gives gargoyles and their universe an 8.1 okay. rotten tomatoes mm-hmm. critic score is an 88 Hmm. I think that's the highest score we've ever done on Rotten Tomatoes. At least for one of our series. For a series. It's a B plus. Yeah. It is. That's high for the critics. Fan score, 92%. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, Metacritic, a 9.0. Mm-hmm. Ah. 95% of Google users love Google Gargoyles. Users, man. They're so nice. All right, they Google are. use. They know. They got their finger on the pulse. Shades of Geeking Out with Shade and Sketch gives Gargoyles and its interconnected universe. A 96. Very good. Uh, Very high. Very high. Sarah, you want to go first? Well, second, because Shay's took first. Oh, man. Oh, man. I... uh, This is hard. It is. (laughs) It is. is. The nostalgia part of me, like 100 out of 100. Yeah. Yes. But if I'm going to be purely objective, Mm -hmm. 
which I, again, think is kind of impossible. I'm going to give it a 95. That's exactly what I gave it. I gave it a 95. Because we're professionals. We are. You You got to look at it objectively. My heart says 100. You know. Absolutely. (laughs) My stone heart. (laughs) I mean, this is as near perfect as you can get for an animated syndicated show. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. My, you know, you're Star Wars kid. Yeah. I'm Ghostbusters kid. Absolutely. Yeah. When I go back and w- look at the real Ghostbusters, there are some amazing episodes of the real Ghostbusters. Zara was uh, Darkwing Duck 20-year-old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so quick. Thank you. Guy. Um, but, you know, I would, I would not be able to give the real Ghostbusters or yeah. Extreme Ghostbusters, which, which I think is a much better show mm-hmm. than real Ghostbusters. Still wouldn't put it that high in terms of... Gargoyles was so much better then it had to be. I, I just mm. can't get past that. That's the key. It, it didn't, it could have been successful in its time slot with much less effort. Right. But mm-hmm. they went above and beyond in almost every aspect of the show. Yes. You know? Strong agree. So should we get into rants and raves? Yeah, some specifics. Yes. Do Let's you do want it. to start with rants or raves? No, no. Let's start with raves. Raves. We're uh, already there, basically. Zara, as our, as our guest... Yeah. Would you like to start us off with your, your some of your raves for your high points? What, what? Yes. gargoyles? Certainly. Um, first of all, Elisa Maza man. Yeah. I got her. Here we have me too. a heroine who is, by the way, of mixed Native American and mm-hmm. African American yes. descent. I have that note. She's a detective. Mm-hmm. And she's again, like we touched on earlier. She's the protector, the liaison between the gargoyles and humanity. Mm -hmm. She's their secret keeper. And they also develop this sort of beauty and the beast type relationship between her and Goliath. Very much so. Which, to me, as a young woman, was captivating. I, it was such a a healthy relationship. It really was. (laughs) Yes. To see unvelop, to see develop and unfold over the course of those episodes. So I love Elisa. I was a huge fan. She informed my wardrobe choices in 1995. <laughs> it was nice. like all blue jeans, red jackets, and black undershirts. That Perfect. is amazing. Perfect. That's what Shades is wearing right now. It pretty much is. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Elisa Maza. Huge role model for me, too. I yeah. mean, still influencing my style choices. Yeah. <laughs> and, and She's what timeless. Yeah, I like about her and Goliath, too, is that they were, they were so much on equal footing. Yes. You know? Yes. If, if one was having, you know, an episode or an arc where they were the vulnerable one, the other one was stepping up. Yes. Elisa does as much rescuing as she is rescued, and she's never the damsel in distress. She, yeah, I, I would even involves, say she's been rescued, like she's well, been assisted, or, or like a wall collapses due to an explosion, yeah, and like and she's falling, and to, she's her falling yeah. to her death. Okay, that's right. Goliath can glide. Well, I'll take it. You say you know, yeah. so, but but it's never the damsel in distress. She needs rescuing. Mm-hmm. Right. She's out there on the front lines all the time. Yeah. Um, Do you and, guys remember? When Hudson turned to stone in midair yes. and was falling. Oh, sorry. It was um, Broadway. Broadway, Broadway. I think. Yes. And then she shot the rugs out. Yeah. Oh, Save his life. To fall and catch yes. him. Yep. Amazing. Badass. Yes. So, so amazing. 
you know, she is, and it's not just that she's, you know, the detective. She's, she's capable. She's so capable. Um, and even when she's vulnerable, she's not weak. Yes. Which, oh, yeah. Do you remember there's one episode where it ends and she's crying because her brother has been oh, uh, yeah. recruited yeah, like, by David uh, Xanatos? Uh, oh, and yeah. She and it, she can't change his mind. Yeah. Right. What and a tragic story that is. ends on her face in tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not something we were getting from Ninja Turtles at the time. You know, uh, yeah. right. April O'Neil was, was n- neither a competent journalist or, um, <laughs> or you know, yeah. Like in terms of investigative no, journalism, yeah. she was not a competent journalist and you know, she never rescued the turtles. Mm-hmm. She was always the damsel getting herself mm-hmm. into trouble. She, you know, I guess she was the, the, not the, uh, she was the Daphne of their universe. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, she was always like falling for the trap of, of the cartoonish villain of the week. Yeah. Um, but, Al- but Alyssa and Goliath kind of, personify the whole dichotomy of the relationship oh, between yeah. gargoyles and humans because oh yeah they they needed each other yes. it was it was a symbiotic relationship the yes. gargoyles needed the humans to protect them just as much as gargoyles needed humans and it was just it was it was just such like a beautiful relationship that that like you said you watched it wasn't thrown in your face at the beginning like here are these two lovers they they love each other and right. we're going to have fun with that no it grew their i was going to say their friendship grew into, yeah. over the first season and evolved over the second season when they do the Avalon arc. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Where they come back with that to then, you know, hey, like, we're, we're, this isn't going to work when they come back from Avalon. And Elisa isn't really in a lot, featured very strongly in a lot of those episodes. So then we close season two on um, Hunter's Moon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, those three episodes. Ugh. Of, so of like, oh. not only, <laughs> not only are we attracted to each other, not only does it, it, like, it doesn't work physically, it works on a lot of other levels, but like, there's real love it, between those two characters on like an emotional level, physical level, and uh, maybe like spiritual, an intellectual or a spiritual level. Romantic. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's so, again, for an after school syndicated television I show, know, didn't know. have to do it. No, they could have just given us Beauty and the Beast, which is, a horribly abusive relationship when you go back and watch that. This is not mm. the Beauty and the Beast episode, I understand. Um, but yeah, just what a great, you know, Elisa Maza and that whole character as it evolves. So over... much depth and complexity. Yes. Yeah. Again, above and beyond. They wrote her better than they needed to yes. for, for what they were doing. I, you know, I didn't think this at the time because I was a kid, but now as a young woman of color that show and seeing representation was so important i mean she was one of the few heroines of color on screen and animation at that time mid 90s yes and you know now there's this push for diversity and representation and gargoyles was doing it 24 years ago right yeah we often talk about uh, in the properties that we've done on the show we often talk about like how we're trying, this is like new, putting people of diversity and color in the protagonist position. And then, then we, every time we go back to a series, like, oh, this character, yeah. wait, 24 years ago, like, uh, you know, in the case of Gargoyles, yes, this was happening. And what happened in the last 24 years that it stopped happening? Yeah. Uh, a couple things come to mind. We try to keep it loose and relaxed on the show. So I won't go into those things, but 
it, it's Thank it's you. kind of you're everything's welcome. on fire. Yes, and like if we think about it, if we go back into it, yes, it's new for the 21st century, but it was being done and being done well mm. on uh, in places that it probably didn't need to be. Um, sketch, you got a you got a rave, a rave for us. I will, as I am sketch, I will rave about the animation quality. Oh, so beautiful. Of this <sighs> show. I mean, again, above and beyond. They, uh, you rarely see instances of them reusing animations. You said that to me very early, yeah. and then the only time I ever noticed them reusing something yeah. was in season three. Yeah. I started and, to see that. Uh, I mean, animation is hard work, and, and you understand why shows take some shortcuts to reuse some right. stuff. Everything was freshly animated, even though they're jumping off the building this week, they're jumping off it next week, but right. we're still They could it. very easily use that. I, the <laughs> thing that came to mind is they could very easily use the same awakening sequence over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And it's different every time. They're in a different place <laughs> on the castle parapets or the clock tower. Yeah. Or they Every make a different pose when they, when exactly, they freeze. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And there was no reason that they had to do that. Yeah. And this was a hand-animated show. It's very easy to see that this was not one of the computer-animated offerings right. from that age. This was above and beyond. It really it was. And, and including in the animation, I'm, I'm putting in the, um, the background work. Right. Because mm -hmm. especially in season one, and then it, then it starts to fade a little bit, sure, but... You had real life New York locations. Yes. Right. And this is a pre-internet era where you you don't have to be that faithful. Right. You know, unless it's like right, the right, Statue right. of Liberty where everyone's gonna recognize it. They go to the Met, they go to the cloisters, they go to Cleopatra's mm. Needle. They're right. all very faithfully yes. put into that show. When they went back to the cloisters, yeah. um, they they did a very good job. And they didn't of, need to. They did not. They could have just done anything and yeah. said it was the cloisters. How many people have ever been to the cloisters in New York or remember it with such vivid, vivid detail? Right. Again, their target audience, 10-year-olds after school. Yes, exactly. 24 years later, I'm like, that's the cloisters. Yeah. Like, faithfully represented. So uh, It was I'm like right a love letter you. to New York City. Yes. And, New York. You know, I was a little girl growing up in Indiana. I didn't get to New York till many, many years later. And I felt like I already knew the city in, yeah. thanks, in, in part to Gargoyles. Yeah, that's amazing. That is. New York is as much a character as the Gargoyles or Elisa or, or yes. Matt. Mm -hmm. Especially in season one. Then, yes. then we travel a little more. But, yeah. but a lot of those locations were done really well, too. Yeah, and even uh, when they go back in time and they show some things that have happened, like Sterling Castle, a, yes. a big arc was in Sterling Castle in yep. Scotland, and I've, oh, yeah. I've been there, and it I was looked just like... just going to say, Sterling I got Castle, back yeah. from France, mm -hmm. and... Um, oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame yeah. was yeah. so well... Like, when you get to Notre Dame, I, I never had the appreciation for how big it actually is mm. um, and how much space it has on the island, yeah. uh, uh, Saint-Michel. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you, I, I went, I saw it. I was like, oh, wow, this is exactly how it's portrayed in gargoyles right down to the buildings that surround it. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that too. Cause when you weren't looking at the cathedral and you were looking at characters and you saw their background, I was like, that is that's, exactly that is, the buildings the, that are the, there. That's the rookery yeah. and that's the, the rectory and the, and the small chapel behind it. It was so well done. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Wow. You know a lot about Notre Dame. 
I, I just got I got back from uh, Elise and I went uh, for a cousin's uh, wedding and, and also our fifth oh anniversary was kind of our all, sandwiched in there as well. Our fifth anniversary oh, trip. So we spent awesome. quite a bit of time. Happy anniversary. Around. Thank you so much. Yeah, but this isn't the cousin wedding. Episode. It isn't. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> just to wrap up my point, just so faithfully done when you just didn't need to be. And. And that's what bumps this up from like an ev- an average everyday cartoon to something really special. Right. I think it's your your rave. I think you're correct. Yeah. Um the the idea of clan or yeah. family. Sure. Um particularly in our our society uh, in in the 21st century and uh not just the United States but globally this idea of family mm-hmm. and the idea of family that you're born into versus family that you build. Mm-hmm. Like there's, mm. there's blood family and there's chosen family. And um, I th- particularly at times, like you often hear people say, blood's thicker than water, which is actually a misquote of the Latin oh, as God. it's supposed to be. Oh, here we go again. No, I'm, I'm not gonna yes. do it. I'm just, but it's um, this idea that, like, that your blood family is like somehow more important than, uh, or more special somehow than the family that you build over time. This show really challenged that idea Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, characters are introduced from their past who are maybe adversarial, but do become part of the larger clan Mm -hmm. of the show Mm -hmm. um, and met characters who were part of the clan are are very much not family, even if they're the biological mother mother or father of another character. Demona. Oh, Demona. We're going to have to talk about Demona. We are. Yeah, we have to. Um, but I just, such a, none of the gargoyles have names. They're just brother, daughter, mentor, friend. Goliath had a name. Well, but the humans gave him that name because he was so big. Mm-hmm. And then they walked away. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but. Sorry. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> My daddy gave me a name. Wow. Deep cut. Everclear reference. Very nice. Yeah, you know. I was just listening to that on my uh, Throwback Thursdays playlist. I saw them this summer. Did you? This is uh, not the summer concert episode. Oh. Sorry. We record too many episodes. (laughs) We do. Gargoyles just encompasses so much. It does. It really does. But I, I, coming from a small family, just to wrap my point up, um, I've always, the the idea of the family that you build, Mm -hmm. um, I love seeing that played out um, in such a well, again, a better way than it needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think it offers a nice uh, commentary. Yeah, or else in the 21st yeah. century. Uh, Zara, I think we're back to you. Are we still on raves? We are yeah, still oh, yeah. on ra- raves. Okay. This is going to be a long rave episode. I think I so. Think. <laughs> I don't have many rants. Okay. I'm going to cite another incredible female character from okay. this show, Demona. Absolutely what an interesting villain. Yes. Such a good villain. Strong I think agree. the City of Stone four-parter at the start of season two is one of my absolute favorite stretches of episodes. You understand her reasoning, what happened to her all those years, Mm -hmm. and you develop a real sympathy for her, though you may not agree with her methods. Yes. The music throughout the series is incredible, but in particular, in that City of Stone stretch, um, there was just some new music introduced that was phenomenal. And Demona and Macbeth, together oh, yes what a fascinating interplay of villains yeah the, those episodes with the two of them were 
as good, if not better, than episodes with specifically gargoyles. In it. Oh, like yes. And Agreed. Uh, I, I loved that whole dynamic of, of Demona Macbeth and the historical Macbeth. John Rhys Davies, who voices yes. Macbeth, um, kind of laid in, he was like, this is not the story. I know Macbeth. Like, I am a Shakespearean actor. I remember uh, reading this interview uh, a couple of years ago with him. The characters that he's enjoyed playing over the years, and Macbeth was one of them, mm-hmm. oh. because he kind of gave them a hard time when they first introduced the character, and then they were like, oh, no, "Well, we're good doing the historical Macbeth, like the actual Macbeth, not the Shakespeare so Macbeth." Cool. Which then, for him, like ignited this passion of of learning about the actual history of Macbeth. So yeah, just the way they wrote wove historical Macbeth into a children's television yeah. show and yeah. actually taught us real history. Yeah. Demona and Macbeth of how similar and their goals, a, uh, a gargoyle alone in the world, uh, a king surrounded by family and uh, mm. fealty, and then to have that flipped, a king now immortal, yeah. um, alone in the world, and uh, a gargoyle as as she builds over the show demona into um right destine and builds her was it night nightstone nightstone unlimited unlimited her oh, yeah. corporation yeah. Um, yeah and all of her ma- you know they their stories she kind of winds up where Macbeth started and Macbeth kind of winds oh up gosh. where she started mm. by the end I of never their considered arts. that. Yeah, I didn't pick that up. Okay. I have Good to go you. watch Thank the you. show Anya. now immediately. <laughs> Bye guys. Well, no, that's totally uh, thanks, for, thanks for stopping by. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> the thing with both of them, which is so and if longtime listeners haven't haven't watched the show, Demona was not frozen with the clan. No. Uh, so right. she lived for a thousand years. Yes. Uh, with this character from A Thousand Years Ago, Macbeth, which uh, through sorcery, they became linked. Yes. And uh, gave them immortality. They can only die by each other's hands. They can only kill each right. other. They feel each other's pain. Yes. Exactly. When, when they're within proximity. And so they've spent a thousand years basically destroying each other, but unable to kill each other. Yes. And it just is this you know, pretty, pretty deep and, and kind of powerful display of vendetta and what it can do to you. Mm-hmm. And, and regardless of how long your life is, look what it can do to your life. Yeah. And it, I love the idea of, of Macbeth is the honorable fallen king mm-hmm. who makes a devil's bargain. It, it, it turns him into a devil. Mm-hmm. And then Demona is like, even, even before the loss of the clan, she was a, kind of morally corrupt. She's a little shady. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she at one point we learned was she was the apprentice of the archmage. And even before Goliath was the leader of the clan, she was like, push, push unnamed at the time Hudson out of the way. It's your time to lead. Yeah. She always wanted to lead the clan. Yeah. So it was like you, you see these kind of flaws in both Macbeth and Demona's characters. But it isn't until they meet each other that yeah. they're exploited. Yeah. Totally. Such good writing. And at the same time with Demona, you know, at the time you think, oh, she's the villain. But now looking at her, you know, what you just described, she wanted to be in charge. It's because she had a fundamentally different uh, view of what it meant to 
have a relationship with humanity. Right. Yes. And in a way, she wasn't wrong. No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. Goliath was operating like we protect humanity no matter what, even right. if they abuse us. Oh, uh, yeah. Goliath and, was incredibly naive. Right, right. And she, in a way, was much more of a pragmatist. I'm going to put our species first. The sur our survival is important. Right. And who's to say she was really incorrect in that belief system? They just had two very different ideas of what gargoyles and humans should be in relation to each other. Right. And their methods. And their methods. And, I mean, and that's most, where we can say, oh, she's a villain. One of the most dangerous things about Demona to Goliath is that he always presents the fact that gargoyles protect as like core to their DNA. Like right. this is just Rule one. who we are. We cannot right. break this. And Demona demonstrates clearly, clearly not no, because yeah. we have Demona. And so just as right. existing, she's a danger to Goliath's claim. His philosophy. You know, and his leadership. Right. Yeah. His ideology. And yet he still, at, at least in the beginning, he still loves her. And he's still. They were married. Yeah. 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 They have a child they together. Have a child. Angela. Oh. Guys, this show is so <laughs> well constructed. Yeah. Again, syndicated after school children's cartoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So well constructed. I, I lost track of who's. I think it's mine. Is. I think uh, it is I yours. I think it's your. Yeah. I will. I'll continue on in the vein of, of villains uh, because I wrote down all the villains, the main villains, and I'm going to include Xanatos in that because I. Loved Xanatos as a villain. Do you guys disagree with me? I, no, I, I love him. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> uh, because he was, for starters, he, uh, Jonathan Frakes, that's his name, right? Yes. He voiced him. Yep. Riker. Per on yes. Star Trek The Next Riker Generation. Star Trek Next Generation. Yes. Perfect for this. I mean, he knocked it out of the park. And Xanatos was this character who could really keep you on your toes. Like, you never knew exactly where he was coming from. You never knew if he was actually doing good because he was capable of doing good. Yes. Yeah. And he was just, he was a great foil for the, for the gargoyles because especially right when they decursed and, and came back to this life, everything was very black and white to them. You know, there's, there's our people who we protect and there are invaders and that's who we who we defend against. And Xanatos, even though he swings wildly between the two, he does demonstrate this gray area a lot that they really had to come to terms with, you know? Yeah. And it's because of him, they owe it to him. They do. For breaking that curse. Yeah. So there's that added complexity. Because the curse was uh, frozen in stone until the castle rises above the clouds. Like, meant to be forever. Uh, but Xanatos re takes the castle apart, brick by brick, and rebuilds it on the top of his skyscraper. You know, as one does. And uh, also does so with the knowledge of, well, this is going to bring the gargoyles back. So they 100% owe their lives to Xanatos. Oh, absolutely. And it's a yeah. debt they have a hard time repaying. Because Absolutely. it comes with a lot of strings. It really does. And um, what, one of the things that I always come back to with like questioning his motivations uh, or his like villainy, mm -hmm. it's like a, a, his villainy is like a, a corrupted or warped thought process. Mm -hmm. 
his motivation, and correct me if I'm wrong, is like all around immortality. He's yes. obsessed yes. with yes. Im- survival. Immortality. He wants to live forever. Yes. For him, it, like the gargoyles are a, a method to that. They're, mm-hmm. they're a, just a, a means to an end mm-hmm. at first. Mm. He comes to see them as something more yeah. um, once he has a child and like real, Im- immort- oh, immortality isn't me living forever. Right. It's my progeny. Yeah. And he has, a, he has a complete 180 in season three. Yeah, um, he's a completely different character. Completely. I had a hard oh, time. Maybe not him. completely different. He's but pretty he is, different. He has very different motivations in season three. Yeah. Well, I, I cringe whenever season three is mentioned. <laughs> because it's not canon. It's not canon, guys. <laughs> Greg Wiseman was not in charge. He was only in charge of the first episode, The Journey. Right. Um, and the rest of it has been retconned in the comics that Wiseman wrote. Afterwards. Interesting. So take anything that happened in season three with a grain of salt. Yeah, absolutely. That's my PSA. All right. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. No, Xanatos, even by the end of season two, he's flipped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We think. Yeah. He grows as as a character as much as the gargoyles. gargoyles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, he falls in love as well with Fox. Fox. Yeah. And Fox. Talk about another fantastic character. Right. You almost expect it to be another means to an end. But by the end of season two, you like, realize, oh, no, these two are actually in love. Fox. Yeah. In fact, yeah. like maybe they're the only two people on the planet who can actually survive each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, like <laughs> Xanatos and Fox would each like lead to the death of their, their partner. Yeah. Unless it's the two of them. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I believe this is, you know, Xanatos loved her even before he knew of the special... Uh, origin of yes that. yes that was Before, a shock to him yes yeah. did did uh did either of you pick up that titania and and uh, her mother were the same were both kate mulgrew not at the time not at, yeah no. not at the time yeah that was that no. was such a twist i didn't even recognize it when i rewatched it as an adult at no. first i didn't put two and two together it was a nice surprise the second time around too because yeah. i didn't remember that from being a child because her mother shows yeah. up for the first time in Australia, right? Yes. In that right. Avalon episode. Yes. Um, and you think it's kind of like for no reason other than we're meeting a lot of parents. Uh, uh, but that is, that's but, the trap. But that's because gargoyles. no one ever, it brings it ever back. just randomly appears for an episode. Yep. Ever. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember. There was something you said about Xanatos. <sighs> Deliciously dark, as Sketch would say. He is deliciously dark. And he's got Owen. And he has that ponytail. Owen. The po- Owen. Oh awesome. my God. Owen. What a great character. Yeah. There is a line. I, uh, early... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Like, did you have something you wanted to add on Owen? I just don't know if we should spoiler. Oh, Owen. yeah. We, in case there isn't anyone who it. hasn't seen the if show and wants to see it, show, that's the most delicious spoiler. Laws. It really is. If, yeah. Okay, that's uh, plenty of time. That's plenty of time. If you haven't seen. <laughs> gargoyles in the last if you 24 care about years. the biggest spoiler possible pause now find gargoyles watch it come back before we give the spoiler yeah there's an episode where we first are introduced to the other yeah. yes in that episode demona says you served the human uh-huh. now you'll serve you me serve me did you pick up on that? Did either of you pick yes. up on that? As like not as at a the kid time. watching it? No, okay, not at the time. Me. I took I took it to mean humanity yeah. in general. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Did you catch it as an adult I didn't... sketch? Okay. Oh, as an adult. Okay. When Only in looking back. 
Okay. Only looking back. Because the yeah. fun thing about rewatching as an adult, I forgot. Right? I, I forgot. legitimately forgot yeah. about Oh, that yeah, me too. Until um, it happened again. And I, I was like, remember... oh, shit, yes. So, um, Zara, do you want to do the honors of this spoiler? <sighs> okay. So there's a fantastic episode called The Mirror. Which yes, you were just it's one of my about. favorites. It's a great episode. Yeah. One of my all-time fave eps. Um, where we first meet Puck. Demona summons him. And Puck is a child of Oberon, one of the children of Oberon, which is a whole different race of creatures we learn about that is kind of used in the Gargoyles universe to explain everything that isn't human or gargoyle. Uh, all all magic, yeah, basically. What was that? Ba- basically all magic. All magic. Is tied yes. to one of the children. Like they had Odin's eye and the Phoenix Gate, and these were all artifacts tied to one of o- uh, Oberon's children. Yes, yes. And toward the end of the second season, it is revealed that Owen, Xanatos' beloved assistant, who has quietly been supporting him throughout the entire series. Lefty. Is actually, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's Puck. Puck is him. Blew my mind. The whole time. The whole time. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And uh, it's a different voice actor, uh, Brett Spiner. Yes. Brent Spiner. Yep. Uh, Data. Data. Yes. Voices Puck. I'm not sure who voices Owen, but they have a very Jeff similar Bennett. voice. Jeff Bennett. Who Thank also you. voices Brooklyn. Oh. oh I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. okay. Both wow. right-hand mans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't mean it. I'm not making light. Thank you. <laughs> That's, what you're referencing wow. is that episode... The Price, I think. Yes. Where yeah. Owen um, sticks his hand in a cauldron. <laughs> this is sounding so random out of context. <laughs> but Owen sticks his hand in a cauldron that is supposed to give the user immortality. But really what it does is turns the user to stone. Yes. So making them immortal. Ha yes. <laughs> ha. And uh, so for the rest of the series, Owen has his hand is this stone. Just stone. Yeah. But when he and turns into puck, your mind because stone. he's a puck. He could have undone that. That's what I, okay. Right. to the bargain. Right. So I never understood. So it's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, I guess. Like when Puck is Owen, he is not Puck. He is Owen. And when Owen is Puck, like the two cease to exist because couldn't Puck have just reversed his stone hand? He wanted, he didn't want Xanatos to know. What was but going clearly on? Clearly, and I think part of him was in love he with was Puck, right? a lifetime of service as Do a you human. Think, you think Xanatos knew all along? I think Xanatos had to know oh. know he was Puck. No, no, I, I no? don't agree. I yeah, I really think one huh. of the things that made Xanatos almost impressed with Puck is that he tricked he him. pulled it off. Okay. Yeah, I I honestly that's the feeling I get. I. I really thought Xanatos was surprised, just like we oh, were. Oh, wait a second. I, I remember, though, wasn't Puck giving a monologue where he was like, I revealed myself to Xanatos at one point. Either choose one wish from me, Puck, yes, yes. or a lifetime of service from Owen. Yeah. And, and he, chose, he said he chose Owen. But he at that time, he didn't know. He still didn't know it was Puck. Puck gave him the opportunity to basically have Owen stay with him for life or to have uh, oh. Puck in that time. It's still presenting it as if it's two, two different, different people. people? Okay. And he chose oh Owen. 
Okay, y'all, my mind is Puck blown. Was like, I did not get that till yes. just now. You know, like, uh, okay, Puck, I'm, Puck okay. was 100% committed to Xanatos at that moment. I think you're correct, and I did not get that at the time. Yeah, just with Ode, I love when they uh, introduced um, Mr. Vogel, and uh, they actually address later in an episode that, you know, if Owen and Vogel are that brothers. Was very clever. Yeah. And then Puck Puck slash Owen explained away how he made Owen. Right. right. By taking a Vogel and taking him to an nth degree. Yes. Yeah. If yeah. Vogel had no ambitions or personal life, he would be Owen. Because that was the first time I saw something in the show where I was like, yeah. oh no, is this laziness? Yeah. Like we've, we've Right. Gotten so far without laziness. Oh no! No, it's another no. twist. Is is Puck gonna have a narrative arc and go on his journey? <laughs> no. Yes, he is. Because every character does. Right. When I first saw Vogel, I was like, "Exactly the laziness." Are they just reusing the character designs, exactly. which would be totally justified? Oh yeah. so many I wouldn't characters and totally that. fits in the animations of the time as well. Right. Yeah. Lots of shows do that yeah. and still do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so no. I, I, I would have forgiven no. them that. You know, we had to. We should have given gargoyles the credit. We <sighs> by then we should have known. Shame yes. on us! <laughs> Shame on us for not knowing. <laughs> the hunter. Okay. Holy mother of all effing consequences. Yeah. Gil- Gilcomgain, right? Is his name? Yes. Oh my goodness. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, an elder Demona before she becomes immortal. Yeah scavenging for an I think after her second clan has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yes? I think so. I think so too. Yeah. Because it was before she was uh, immortal. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. scrounging for food, just trying to, you know, at the end of her life, just so mm-hmm. bitter and hate filled. This little boy was like abusive father sends him out into the stable, slashes him across the face for no good reason. Uh, Demona does. The way yes. Shade said that Sorry. made it sound like the father oh yeah no abusive father no slashes his know, kid. Yeah. go out into the very clean special the episode yeah. speak on gargoyles yeah. <laughs> you know for no reason you know a child mm-hmm. for yeah. no reason just scars him for life every time you look in the mirror which i don't know if they had mirrors but like you're gonna remember yeah, my kind every time you see your your reflection you will think of my kind and what i could have done to you creates a blood feud yep. over the course of a thousand years, which comes. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! And like, um, uh, so like just the different people over the the generations who wore the mask and like mm-hmm. looking yeah. at the evolution. To then with um, Hunter's Moon, oh my god! Question like, that yes. I just thought of: Do you think this is where they got the idea for Assassin's Creed? Because it yes. felt Assassin's Creed. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent, I think so. And that the mantle just kept passing, passing on from father and on. To son. And they were in Florence at some point. Yep. They were in Paris. And they were, remember when they go back in time? Yes. And like they have like Da Vinci's glider? Yes, I did. Is that in Florence or was it Venice? That was in Florence. In Florence, yeah. yeah. I hundred percent agree with you on that, if that was your premise. Yeah. Oh, the hunt. I, I loved that whole There's idea There's a new the sketchy hunter. theory right there. There it is. Um... But there's also a comic book character, the Phantom, that is based around this idea of mantle being passed mm-hmm. from father to son. Is like, is this person immortal? I loved that they borrowed mm-hmm. on it, but twisted it to make them like a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like 
and, and the bigger message of hate, unless you take steps to heal it and address it, hate and pain and abuse will be passed on generation to generation forever. Absolutely. It just compound yes. on itself over and over. Absolutely. Also, um, the hunters introduced the trio of siblings yes. in Hunter's Moon. Mm -hmm. We're all friggin' hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we talk about that for a I second? mean, Vendetta, we, Jason we've known this. And Robin and John. Vendetta Jason was hot. gives you a great bod. It really I mean, does. say what you will. <laughs> But when it your does whole wonders. life is just motivated around revenge, <laughs> yes. and you gotta, you gotta have it's your silver lining, you gotta have the physique mm -hmm. shredded mm -hmm. with yeah. hate. Yep, shredded with hate. Well, there we go. That's Put the that fourth on. season of Gargoyle. So, yeah, <laughs> 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 that's gonna there's a meme right there, shredded with hate. I mean, I think we're all hitting on the fact that this show had great villains, it really did. Yeah, the villainy that and that was. Part of my larger rant, but we talked about Xanatos and Demona and Macbeth. Yeah. The Hunters. Oh, my goodness. And th those three siblings as well. And the message of Demona created the Hunters with her ideology and her hatred. And Goliath and Elisa with, you know, their their bond and, and compassion were, was able to end the blood feud. Jonathan never gave up. He kind of flew off, right? The middle brother? Yeah. He, he never came back. That's unfortunate. As like, yeah, I don't well, think this is the right thing to do. And then he believes he gave that. Hatred. Yeah, because he believes his, his brother has died. Right. And By his hand. Yeah. And so, but then he quickly or, yeah, turns it into, oh, well, it's not my this. fault. It's, yeah. And, yeah. And so now he's still out there. That has never ended. That, that has never uh, come to a conclusion. And he goes on to essentially form the equivalent of the clan, the Ku Klux Klan, against gargoyles. Wait, um, is he the leader really of the quarry? Chilling sequence in the journey the first episode of the goliath chronicles yeah can you can you back that up for one second is he he's the leader John of the Conover. Yes. no oh yes. wait they changed his voice i never knew oh that. my goodness my i never knew that that's meant to be him oh yeah. my god oh, they changed his voice right in in season uh, three is it a different voice actor i'm not sure let me look at that up holy crap Boom! Oh my goodness, my mind is blown. How did I not? How did wow. I not put that together? Wow. John Canmore became John Castaway. Yeah. Oh, oh Castaway. How did oh I not? Oh my goodness. Not Conover, sorry. This is amazing. Wow. This is amazing. That is such great storytelling. Yeah. Holy right? moly. Wow. So he did get an end. He did get he an end. He didn't just go oh off. Oh my and, goodness. Wow. Wow. And here's another fun fact. Did he come back? So you yes, had Jason, Robin, and John yeah. of the, yes. the three hunters. Greg named two of them after his siblings, John oh. and Robin. Wow. Just a cute little yeah. piece of trivia. <laughs> that is... I'm reeling. Wow. I'm still reeling from this revelation here. This is amazing. Holy moly. Yeah. So the hate still built and transformed into the next thing. Yeah. The cycle doesn't stop for him. For John, I'm just. Thank goodness you're on. Yeah, thank goodness the Phoenix Gate brought you over here. Expert is here. <laughs> you know the Phoenix Gate brings you to the right place at the right time. It does. It does. Oh, no, that's, it does. That's the, the Avalon, Avalon boat. That's the Avalon boat. Yeah. Sure. I have one more rave. Oh, sure. please, yeah. Um, and this is a little bit more meta, but for me, what Gargoyles was so successful in doing 
was creating this huge group of committed, loving fans mm. to make this huge, amazing community, both online and off. The, um, for several years, I think it started in 1999, um, there would be a yearly convention called The Gathering of the Gargoyles. Um, and this relationship between fan and the creators created this beautiful community. And I've made so many good friends from that community. So my final rave for the show has to be about the people it touched. That's amazing. That's really cool. That's um, right up there with uh, Firefly, where they used to do the, the brown coat balls. Huh. Do they still do the gathering of, of gargoyles? Sadly, no. Oh. I think the last one was in 2009. Oh, wow. I might be wrong. Um, but for several years, you know, they were able to keep it going, which is amazing. And it, of course, expanded. So it wasn't just about gargoyles, but it became more of an animation pop culture. That's a long gathering. time to keep running, considering the show went off the air in 1996. Right. Like another decade of, of yearly gatherings. That's impressive. Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't know those uh, existed. I didn't know that community yeah. existed. Very cool. It's, a, it's amazing. And um, so many friendships had been formed as a result of that. Um, it's awesome. That's really Fun cool. fact, on the Gargoyles uh, season two DVD, might be season one, there's a little featurette on The Gathering. You can also see it online. I think it's on YouTube. But uh, fun fact, you'll see 19-year-old me that, talking about the show. That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, we'll, we'll put those, that, a link to that. Yeah, we'll find that. We'll, we'll find <laughs> that and put that out there for you. You're probably easy to identify you have a Darkwing Duck shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Well, um, I have one last rave. I know we're, we're just raving like crazy. Well, there's a lot to rave about. The, this is just a, a generic throughout all the episodes rave is that uh, the voice work is like superb. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, we've said names a lot during this episode. Uh, and so many of them came from the Star Trek realm. As oh, well. yeah. Yeah. Yep. It shines as a show where it looks like the voice cast really enjoyed what they were doing. You know, they, they were yes. in this. Yep. They were invested. Yes. In this. Totally. Um, just a, we have like this massive list of voice yep. actors uh, 14, who crossed over from Star 14 Trek. 14 Star Trek actors and actresses voiced in this, this show. But um, Matt Bluestone was Thomas Wilson, mm -hmm. who I know mm -hmm. you don't know actors. I sketch. don't know actors. Yeah. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Biff. Oh. Matt Bluestone was Biff. I hear it now. Yeah. You say that, and then yeah. um, Broadway, mm -hmm. Bill uh, Fagerbach. Mm -hmm. Fager, Fagerbach. Fagerbach. Thank you. Okay. Um, Fagerba uh, Bill Fagerbach is uh, Patrick on SpongeBob. Oh, I hear that now too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, this was his first VO gig. The um, smallest side, a tiny little rave. That's a big rave for me. I just love how they got their names. Like they just yes. named themselves after oh, New York. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was tiny, but it was perfect. I loved it. Beautiful. We really should move to rants. We though. should move to rants. And I don't have many rants at all. I don't either. I don't either. But my 5% has to come from something. It does. I have one. One rant. big rant? All right. Please start us Shall off. I... All right. Uh, for me, yeah. Avalon went on a little too long. Okay. That whole story arc. Um, I missed the interplay of... Goliath, Elisa, 
Bronx with the rest of the clan, mm-hmm. Hudson, Brooklyn, Broadway, Lexington. Uh, and I feel like I wish there had been more episodes of all of them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Knowing that season two was the last, I feel a little sad that so much of it was the Avalon story arc. I show. definitely agree with you. When I rewatched it, I was, I was surprised at how long Avalon was going on. Like, yes. I didn't remember it going on that long. I remember the show losing me a bit during that when I was a kid. Um, and again, because I was like missing the other characters, the other characters that I loved, even though the characters I was with were like my favorites. But I was missing the, yeah. the Xanatos and I was missing the rest of the clan. And um, it felt dangerously episodic, too, where it's like, okay, mm. here's an episode and everything only takes place in this episode. Strongery. Um, I'll piggyback onto this as one of my rants. Uh, leaving the clan in season two. Mm-hmm. I felt that was a big misstep and really took me out of the show because it was an ensemble. Yeah. Um, we, we got to know the whole clan and then we just left them. And I read somewhere they were planning on doing a spinoff show that would have followed Brooklyn mm-hmm. through the, with the Phoenix Gate through time. Mm. Um, and I wonder if they were trying to set that up, that we wouldn't see Elisa and Goliath and it would focus more on the, the Rookery brothers traveling time and having their own adventures. Well, in a perfect world where Gargoyles continued, right. what I would have liked instead of the Avalon arc was uh, fighting for more of a place in this world and acceptance from the humans, blah, 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 blah. And then getting the opportunity to like send the brothers off trying to find new Gargoyles, investigating myths. Oh, that, that might yeah, be, be great. Uh, Gargoyles left over. Because Avalon kind of like, brought together a lot of oh, yeah. world cultures, which was fun. Like, when I rewatched these episodes, I was like, oh, okay, we're getting a little Japan, getting like a little Native American. Gargoyles meets Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. There was a better way to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I agree. Rantless. I appreciate, like, you know, so much we've touched on all the cool cultural things. Yeah. From traveling the world and, and, you know, we would meet characters throughout. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, that ensemble of the original clan, I missed them so much. And I missed New York. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I guess. And, you know, part of it is the reason why I think we're so devoted to Goliath and Alyssa, because they really got pumped up. Their characters really got pumped up during that time. And Angela, too, because that's we had Angela with us. But yeah, everyone else started lacking. Like, okay, we're we're just going to end Brooklyn's growth and end Lexington's growth and Broadway's. I think we went back to them maybe once or twice through that whole Avalon Yeah, a little bit here and there. Not enough. Not enough at all. There was like a random episode where um, Brooklyn takes Demona down into... No, that never mind. That's after that's after Avalon. There's an episode where the King Arthur episode. He shows yes. up in, in That was a King Arthur episode. Manhattan. But I mean we a, still we got episode. we got our clan. But then uh is Talon it, and um, the Mutates. Yeah. Talon, thank you. Talon. Mutates. That was the episode. And we got what there was a, Oh, there was the episode Oh no, it was the King Arthur one where Griff Arthur. Uh, yes, also shows up as well. Oh Griff. Can I just say though, guys, sure. one of my favorite episodes? Uh, was I think future tense 
Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Sarah. I was going to bring that one up, but I forgot. Ah. So I'm glad you did. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Where we see uh, a different timeline. Yeah. And it's so great. Yeah. Well, it's the timeline if Goliath and Elisa never came back. Yes. Right. Like what would have yes. happened? And it is dark. Like, I, I rewatched it a week ago and I was still like, right. ooh. It changed the way, I mean, big spoilers here. It changed the way I perceived Lexington for the rest of the show. Yes. Yes. I was totally. like, oh man. It he did. Is, there's some darkness there. And, oh, um, and um, Brooklyn and Demona. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oof. Wow. Poor Broadway. Bro- oh, Broadway. Goes oh. blind. Oh. oh. Guys, I can't, I can't talk about this Xanatos anymore. Xanatos kills his son. I mean, it was... No, Xanatos didn't... Stuff. Lexington killed. Well, yes. But I mean, I thought Xanatos... It Xan- was Lex the whole yes, time. Yes, yes. Lex, yes, yes. Hudson yes, yes. killed Xanatos. But in the moment... Oh, yeah, and Hudson was dead. They killed everyone, each other. Oh, by the way, everyone Everyone dies. dies. <laughs> Downer. <laughs> Literally everyone but Goliath. Well, fortunately, but it's, not real. But it's all a dream. Fortunately, it's, not, it's just it's all Puck, Puck did it. Mus- yeah. messing with him for the Phoenix Gate. Yeah. Oh, so good. But that episode, but and that's something. Yeah, the show did really well was like exploring these what ifs. Yes. And you always felt like this danger from within was there. Yes. Always. Yes, absolutely. The gargoyles themselves were not um, creatures immune to corruption and evil. Right. And not just Demona. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. in future tense mm-hmm. that Lexington could go that way. I mean, Brooklyn made a stupid mistake that uh, almost got Goliath killed by Demona. Broadway effing shot Maza. <sighs> <laughs> and it, it was an accident. Shot Elisa and blew up Matt's apartment. Yeah, I mean, it was an oh, accident. Yeah. But, you know, poor judgment. Poor judgment. Yes. The only one immune from this is Bronx. <laughs> it's just a love bug Bronx he just, is just wants to cuddle watch a little TV sit at Hudson's feet while yep. he watches TV yep. uh, can we talk about how they got Ed Asner yeah. on the show as sure. Hudson amazing we can, ra- we can rave for rave. a little while yeah, we can on always Ed go Asner. back to raves um, yeah like wow what a great character for Ed Asner because I mean the other thing that I think he's really known for in animation is Cosgrove on uh, Freakazoid mm-hmm. and mm. um, he plays I can't remember the character's name he's one of Darkseid's minions oh Granny he voiced Granny on oh yeah Super yeah, 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 yeah. The series in Justice League <gasps> for Granny but just like what a great character for Ed Asner such yeah. depth and gravitas yeah and uh, he you know doesn't feature heavily but man when when he's you, the patriarch yeah he he's the positive His nurturing. presence is always there. Yes. Yeah. And like, what a great performance from him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said it to you before we were recording that I grew up as Brooklyn was my favorite. And when I rewatched it, I went, oh, Hudson. Hudson. Hudson's my guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. What, would you like to share with the long time? Yeah. Yeah. He spends life? his days watching TV. With? With his dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love that. No, but even <laughs> just like, you know, he, he's lived this life like. This isn't his story anymore. Like now, this is Goliath's story, and this right. is this is his undertaking. But he's still there. He's still fulfilling the mentor uh, role, and he's but he, and he's still a badass warrior when it comes down to it. Right. Yeah. Strong agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is rants. What are we doing? Whose rant are we up to? Why don't, uh, you, why don't you take a rant? Mine. Uh, I mean, this is little. I, I only gave it five percent rant. The production quality from time to time varies. 
Mm. And that's that's not a big sin because when it when it does vary, it goes down to like what you would expect from a cartoon. But when all the other episodes are like so exceptional and you're watching them straight in a three week period, <laughs> it really becomes like, oh, we didn't put that much effort into this, you know, this right. episode. Um, I can um, speak to some of that. Sure. So at that time, a lot of these studios are now closed, I think. Mm -hmm. But Disney Animation had studios in different countries mm -hmm. that were sending back the animation. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the credits, the episodes that have the best production quality are usually from Disney Japan. Mm -hmm. That makes um, sense. Yeah. And so other studios, I think they had studios in Korea, Australia, uh, somewhere in Europe, France, I think. Depending it's all the on they visited. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so um and here's the Atlantis animation studio. Right. Um so depending on what studio worked on the episode, you would get varying um trueness of the character yeah. designs. Right. Yeah. That may, I mean that's Oh, it totally makes sense. And again, I rewatched them so right. crammed fact that that's why it became noticeable and it's such a small little rant but one thing i will always clearly remember i mean it blew me away i almost fell out of my chair when i watched it it's a it's a nothing scene where goliath is walking down a corridor and um the scene like the camera angle is on the lens of a security camera and it's watching oh, the wow. reflection of goliath coming down the, the the corridor and as he's talking he taps the, the lens with his wing. So the only real Goliath you see is just the little tip of his wing come into frame. Oh. And everything else is done in reflection. And I'm like, who does this? There's no reason like, for that. This, is, this isn't a fight scene. Right. He's just explaining something. And that's someone who really loved their job. Yes, that yeah. level of, of animation blew my mind. You know? And so that's yeah. just like when you have high moments like that, then the the other episodes that are a little more typical become a little more noticeable yeah and that's fair as well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i think we're uh, we're back to you zara i wish there were more <laughs> yeah i wish there was more more of the oh, series yeah. i Absolutely. wish there was more right of there the series you. i yeah. wish we got a proper season three yeah i mean quite frankly um, like disney what are what are you waiting for like and what were you thinking canceling it yeah, Does anyone you know, know, do we know why? there's there's a lot of uh, politics yeah. in I'm animation sure. and television. Yeah, yeah. And essentially at that time, the goal was to get an ep any series to, I think, 52 episodes okay. at least gotcha. because that was the number you needed for syndication. And ah. so once you reach that point, who cares? Let's move on to the next property. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So it wasn't really necessarily honoring. uh storytellers and especially if you were telling a story with continuity right the networks kind of wanted stuff you could air all in different orders yeah. you didn't not something that you were committed to airing in order so gargoyles see. being a pioneer for its time also suffered because it was something that wasn't quite ready it was in a market that wasn't ready for it yet right it didn't play nicely with what else was happening it didn't fit them on television yeah mm -hmm. right that makes a lot of sense. But I don't know what they're waiting for now. I mean, 
something. I mean, with with Disney streaming service coming, with Netflix, with Hulu, with I mean, Disney Channel, Toon Disney. I mean, what are they waiting for? I just feel like this. Yeah. this there's such a hunger for this show still in this universe. I, with the uh, comics, with yeah. I, I mean, it just it makes no sense to me that Disney hasn't gone back to it. I feel like with the wave of old stuff coming back, like the DuckTales reboot is doing so well. Yeah, yeah it is. It wouldn't surprise David me Turner. if there were something with gargoyles. Um, however, here's the thing. Stuff I loved as a kid, I'm not in a hurry to watch it as an adult because I don't want... For me, that experience is over. Mm-hmm. I have it. I don't need more of it in a new way as a fan. It's about the next generation now and what they need. Right. It's true. So, I don't know. I I can appreciate that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would, I would agree uh, certainly with, with like my fandom with Ghostbusters and certainly with some of the Star Wars things. I I understand that like by continuing to tell the story like um, the video game for Ghostbusters comes to mind. Do we do we somehow um, tarnish the shine of of the original and the, like some of the Star Wars movies that have come out? You know, do we are, are we, we still talking about Last Jedi? Yes, we are still. <laughs> it's like a year. That's a great point, Zara. Um, is it my rant? I only have one other. Well, why don't I have two? Okay. They're and they're they're kind of petty. Um, we all expect that from you. I know. At this point. Um, where does all the discarded skin go? <laughs> it started as a big question, but then I really started like thinking about it mm-hmm. because it was fine when they didn't address it. It was just a big question for me. Like, mm-hmm. where does all the discarded skin go? But yeah. then they have an episode where it's a plot device where yeah. Hudson escapes by using his skin. Mm-hmm. So they establish oh, yeah. that it does just fall to the ground. That's so now I'm he, saying uh, in that puck episode. Well, in the Owen episode, the Owen he episode. Well, uh, wait a minute. If we're establishing that it does just fall to the ground, mm-hmm. where is all the skin going? There would just be mountains of stone skin mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah. Like the clock tower would be full of it mm-hmm. every day at yeah. uh, sunset in New York. Like stone would just rain down. <laughs> Lisa on the is people. like pushing a broom. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's, yeah, how she's, does, she's how does the city... There's a comically large pile in an alley. <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah. laughs> like, how does the city not send a municipal employee to the top of the police? Like, guys, every day it's like just stone rains. We have thousands of lawsuits. Somebody go Group figure out what's happening. To this was a different New York. Like, how? And it would it was not... It pre-9-11. Been, yep. Times it is different. a pre... Yes. And that's my second, which is also kind of kind of petty. I'll just get it out now. Um, in a pre, it's a pre nine eleven world, granted, but all of the airships uh-huh. and robots flying at low altitudes of New York. Yeah, I, I understand it's a pre nine eleven world, but it's <laughs> like I, my brain can't compute. Like how, just like how is New York not a demilitarized zone at this point? With the number of airships that have crashed in the middle of the streets, um, planes, robots, motorcycles, and helicopters exploding. It's it's like. Oof. There were certainly a lot in the show where you where you 
saw the marketing on the walls where you're like, oh, that's a toy. That's, that's yeah. a toy. Um, especially in the first season, they kept having gargoyle-themed machines. The gargoyle they had the, copter. The copter, they had the motorcycle. Um, but, you know, yeah. The Steel Clan. Yeah. Steel clan. I mean, you had to... Uh, oh, Steel Clan was so cool. Uh, you, had, you had to sell the, right. the show, right, you know. Right. Um, Moichin died, I think. That was a, specifically, that was a Disney request. Mm -hmm. I, I did a little bit of research where Disney wanted like the show to evolve where all of the gargoyles would ride motorcycles. How awful would that have been? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was have a not real, heard that. That was a real request from Disney. That would have Biker been. mice from Mars. Exactly. Oh exactly. I wonder if gosh. that's where the idea came from. But that was Fox. That was Fox Box. All right, well, Flash I have one round. last one. All right. I know none of us want to. Let's just talk about season three uh -oh. for just a second. Okay. Just for a second. It's it's not good. It's not good. And to me, it reminds me of um, at the same time Fox was doing an X-Men cartoon, which I thought was much better than it actually was. I went back and rewatched them. But it feels like uh, as the show went on, they had the Anti-Mutant League on Gargoyles. And I'm sorry, uh, the Anti-Mutant League on X-Men. And they they had kind of like a quarryman esque group, yeah. Which I actually liked the quarryman, but then like the, the the way they it, it evolves with the outcry of like anti gargoyle public opinion and like the DEA wearing it weighing mm -hmm. in on it, mm -hmm. and it really felt like the show stopped leading and started borrowing from other things that were happening at the time. Yeah, absolutely. That's because the original showrunner was no longer working on the show, which makes no sense to me again. Right. I mean, um, I will I will say that in season three, they at least tried to wrap up some things and give some endings to right to characters like um, what's his Thalog? Yes. got an ending uh, and the and the clone uh, clan, the clone right, clan, great the character, clone clan, yeah. and uh, who else got an ending? I mean, the gargoyles themselves got a nice little send. They did. Margot. Margot. Yeah. Yeah. Comes the DA. Was she the DA or the yeah. judge? Yeah. Mm -hmm. DA. Yeah. Yeah. The DA. No longer voiced by Marina Sirtis. Yeah, it. that so to me is the biggest travesty of all. Was Demona not three. in season three? No, she is. She's in the first. Demona's in. Demina's in, yeah. Demona's in season. Which three. I don't understand why they changed characters. Um, character. Uh, well, why they changed actors for Margot? She wasn't always. Yeah, you guys. I've seen season three so little yeah. that I've forgotten. I couldn't begin to tell you. That's okay. I watched it a week happens. ago, and I can't tell you. Exactly I watched what two episodes of it. <laughs> I just remember it being more episodic. Like the it's arc very of the, episodic. The arc of the show was yep. gone by that point. The um, which the fits with what you like... were saying, uh, Zara, about they wanted something that you could air out of order. Yeah, mm. that makes a lot of sense of why the it went ties episodic. to like the mythos was gone. Yeah, um, it really was. Uh, the animation sucked. The animation was not good. Oh, that opening! Um, that oh, the opening was horrible. Oh, bad three D computer animation. And again, I had not seen it. Ever until I watched it. Oh wow! For this, and I was so disappointed. They moved it when they originally aired it. They moved it to Saturday mornings on ABC, and right. I remember being oh no, baseball or tennis or I don't know some sport I was doing at the time. All right, we get it. Like, it kept, you're athletic. Yeah, um, I kept missing. It. I was like, I gotta finish Gargoyles. It's the last season. Ladies, saw, athletic, like, and he knows Latin. So. <laughs> That's, ding, 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 ding. Why, uh, clearly, that's why my wife married me. Yeah. Um, She's told me that multiple times. Yeah. That's the point of her. It's the, really the only two things she loves about me. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I remember, like, missing 
one of those things to watch Goliath Chronicles. And then my reaction was like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to watch any more gar- gargoyles. Yeah. And they really changed the characters of the gargoyles as well. Like, everyone was angrier. <laughs> like, like, all the gargoyles were just, right. like, so quick to anger. Which was so cool about them in 1 and 2 was that they, they looked menacing, monsterish yeah. and menacing, but they, they really weren't. They gentle were, giants. They were gentle, yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, like you said, it's not canon. We don't have to accept it. So. Right. It's not canon. Yep. Uh, you can watch the journey, the first episode. Yeah. And or then read the uh, Slave Labor Graphics comic series. And um, I don't know if we're talking supplemental materials yet. Sure. But I'll mention it. Uh, Station 8 is a website where uh, Greg Wiseman has been answering questions oh. about gargoyles and talking about his vision of the expanded universe for years. Wow. Very uh, cool. So it's a great archive. You can go and read more about what he had planned. Oh, neat. Nice share. Thank yeah, you. We'll do that. I will definitely do that. Um, just as an aside with, with uh, Thalog and the SLG comics, you, I believe, are the inspiration for Thalog's Apprentice? Yeah, for Sherry. Yes. Yeah, this was a total surprise to me. Um, I picked up the comics as they were coming out. And uh, I met Greg, Greg Wiseman, at a Gargoyles convention, The Gathering, when I was 16. And um, This is where we went wrong in life. We didn't go to The Gathering of Gargoyles. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. And um, I'll give you a little backstory on that. So at the gathering every year, uh, Greg would produce a radio play, which was usually a script from a show he had worked on, usually Gargoyles, and cast, um, hold auditions and cast members of the convention, fans, in parts, alongside voice actor guests who played their parts. And then we would put it on for the convention. And so when I was 16, I went to my first gathering. And I was cast as Elisa Maza. And I think big the script role. we big, did a big wow. role. Yeah, wow. totally. Hey, I was geeking out. Yeah. She was my idol. Um, and I forget that year. You already had the wardrobe, was, too. I know, right? <laughs> totally. Um, I forget. It was either Hunter's Moon Part 3 that we read aloud or The Mirror. Oh, both. It was one of those two. Great episodes. episodes. Yeah. And um, we did it. And at the end of the convention, I was just about to go to college. My dad had taken me to the gathering as a a graduation present. Very cool. For high school. And uh, Greg said, you're, you know, you're really good. I think you could do this for a living, be a voice actor. So go to college. And then afterward, you know, consider coming out to L.A. And so little me kind of filed that information away. Yeah, and several years later, I'm working on a show with Greg Wiseman, which is just, you know, blows my mind. Wow. Uh, but that it's is also so just cool. Such a cool full circle from fan to professional. Absolutely. So would that be your first VO gig would be voicing Elisa Massa in a Gatherings radio play? <laughs> My first non-professional gig. Sure, but that was, was would that be the first yeah. time that you did VO? I guess so. I guess, well, no. 
No, I was an industrial. Oh, okay. I was in an industrial film for my high school, for my uh, school district. Right. That was like a catalog of classes <laughs> for people coming into high school. <laughs> okay. I think I saw that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got right. that right here. Yeah, we'll yeah. link to it. That's a an... <laughs> future episode. Yes. Yeah. But over the years, um, you know, from when I was 16 on, I kept in touch with Greg. He was such a great mentor and, um, you know, so open to his fans. And so over the years, you know, we had this awesome friendship. And so I was buying these Gargoyle comics in 2007, I think it was. And since I'd gone to a few gatherings in between. And so Greg emails me and he's like, hey, there's someone familiar in this issue. And I looked at the drawings of Sherry and I was like, wait a second, that's me. What? Wow. Very cool. What so an honor, just, too. I know. Yeah. That's I so still cool. don't even know how to process that. So you, so you are officially a part of the universe that that set you on your path. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How many people can say that? Honestly. Uh, yeah, it makes me like David Tennant. Tear up yeah. thinking about it. That's it. David Tennant and That's a great Sarah club to be a, a part Puzzle. of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a club of two. It's amazing. Do you guys have uh, regular <laughs> meetings, you and, and David Tennant? Oh yeah. He's a great. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's such a it's such a uh, exclusive club. Uh, do do we have any more? Clearly, we don't have any more rants because no, we're raving again. Almost all of our rants ended up being oh, raves. I have one rant. You have oh, one rant. Okay. Phew. I don't like jalapeno. Oh man, uh, that annoyed me as oh that annoyed me so much. It was their calabunga. Oh. You know, it was, it was. It was clearly they were looking for a catch. Yep. And woo, did, did they not, miss the mark? Did not work. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. I wish. We almost got through the episode. I wish it had just been like a, an old Scottish phrase, you know, that they just used yeah. like all the time. And I don't know any Scottish phrases, so I can't do it. And, and was that like their way of addressing cursing without being able to curse? Or was it just. Maybe. Uh, I really feel like it was just like a, it was a trope. Like, oh, it was not good. I, it was not a good decision. I feel like it became an inside joke. And then probably the writers maybe were like, oh, I can speak it in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was always so <laughs> subtle. So subtle. Jalapeno. <laughs> like, oh. Wow. Like, yeah, that's a big, that's a big after rant. eating a jalapeno. Yes. Yeah. Pepper. Yes. You know, like you do. Yeah. You know. Keith David made it work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, Keith David makes anything work in his sultry baritone. Uh, he's such a nice man. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. That's so, I'm I so hope, glad. Yeah. I always hope that. Because we're talking about Goliath, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know you don't know actors. I don't know actors. Actually, um, a couple years ago, my boyfriend was on a flight with Keith David. And uh, several years ago at one of these gatherings, I got to read with Keith David Come on. radio play, which was amazing. And he was so Bob nice Goldberg. and amazing. So, but flash forward a couple years ago, my boyfriend's on a plane with Keith David. As they're deplaning, um, Barry runs up to Keith and is like, with his phone out. And he's like, Keith, Keith, my girlfriend wants you to see this photo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a photo of me and Keith reading. 
That's... And he looks at it and he's happy and laughs. Right. But um, it's just a funny. That could have gone very differently. It could have oh, gone yeah. very differently. Oh, that's very cool, though. <laughs> that is. Now, of course, Keith had to fly because gargoyles can't fly. They can only they glide. glide. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're going across country, you. you yeah, you want to yeah. have alternate. Tra- you yeah. can only glide. Just like so Broadway far. did. Yeah. When Broadway goes uh, to Hollywood. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that was Goliath Chronicles, wasn't it? That yes, was Goliath Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, so not good. I don't want to use the word bad because I love the show so much, but... Not as would, good as... It would, it would fit. One and two. You could use that. Yeah. Oof. Can I move pain. to big questions? Do we have any big questions? Sure. I have, I have a big question that I'm proud of. Oh. I don't know if this maybe it's like maybe it's been uttered in the universe, but I had this as an original thought, but I don't know if it's original. I'm sure the gathering has discussed it. I, they probably have. Yeah. Can I ask it? I'm very proud of sure. it. And I would li- love for us to discuss. We have the correct person. here. I, so I'm aware to answer. So uh, the way gargoyle children are reared is yeah. like the gargoyles mate. Yep. There's an egg. They mm-hmm. all go into the rookery or yep. wherever they keep the eggs. If you're not at Castle Wyvern as we are. And then they're hatched, and the whole clan raises them. Correct. But they retain some likeness of yeah. of showing their progeny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is you mean genetically? Yes. Like Angela kind of looks like Goliath and Demona. Yeah, she's a good cross section yeah. of the two of them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Hudson is yeah. the previous leader of the clan. Uh-huh. Looking at body types of the gargoyles, yeah. the core six, mm-hmm. and the three yeah. Rookery brothers. Is Hudson Broadway's father? Yes. I would say yes. absolutely. Strong yes? Yeah. Is that... Uh, it's, I think, been confirmed. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Look at you. That... All right. How did they never address <laughs> that in the show? Well, maybe eventually, you know, that was something... Is that... Zara, is that ever addressed? It's not addressed in the show. Um, but I remember reading... I think this might have been either at a gathering or on Station 8 the website I mentioned with Ask Greg, that Hudson is Broadway's biological father. But Broadway would not, or at least has not until this point, acknowledged or recognized him as anything special, particularly father, because he views all of that generation as the mothers and fathers. Uh, Because they're of that that rearing. Right, that's the way he was raised. Same uh, thing with Hudson. Like, he wouldn't see I, right, right. As his, as his I think it is really cool, though, that those two characters bond over the, um, the issue of reading. Yes. 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 So that's kind of a cool tie-in. Yeah. It is. To tie them together. Very cool. All right. Oh, no. We I'm, don't I'm, normally get answers. We don't normally questions. get answers. This well, now, the a... real question, uh-huh. who's Broadway's biological mom? That's somebody that's, I want to meet. We don't see many we don't Lady see... Gargoyles. Oh, I was going to say the only other lady gargoyle that we've seen of the clan is um, uh, cold, cold stones, um, cold oh. fire, cold, cold fire, cold fire. Yeah. fire. So it's cold steel, cold fire, and cold stone. Right, she's cold fire. I forgot uh, another great nice. trio of characters. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> Michael Dorn, cold yeah. stone. Yeah, another Star Trek. Yeah. Yes. Just a, oh, what a great. But character. I mean, we know there are more. There have to be, yeah, right? I mean, Those are the only two sure that we've established 50/50 in that or, You know, as close as 50-50 sure. is nature. You know. Do we have any idea who, who Broadway's mother is? Is that ever I addressed? I don't think so. Not okay. in the series, at least. 
All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm happy. My question was answered, and I I feel good observation. Though, Thank you. Because I I didn't pick up on it, but as soon as you said, it, I was like, oh yeah, has to be. Because like it's when you look at the um, three brothers, they're so different, different. right? Yeah. I love Lexington. I was design. just gonna say on the Gargoyles Wikipedia, it says that uh, Broadway's mother is unnamed female gargoyle. Oh, oh, oh her. Yeah. Remember her? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she had a great, great. She had a great arc. Yeah, that episode where she came back and mm -hmm. went on her adventure. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the, the Avalon <laughs> part. Avalon. <laughs> that was her name. That was her name. Everyone was. Oh, always, that was yeah. her name. That's yep. why they said it. Yep. Everyone Alabania. was always just shouting out her. Name. Oh my goodness. Oh. Uh, okay, my question has been answered. I am. I'm you only had one question. Uh, well, I have other questions, oh, okay. but I'll give someone else a turn. Sarah, you have any questions? I do. Okay. You do because you seem to know Everything. all of them. Well, this is a. A question that Greg Wiseman has never answered okay. and always refuses to answer. Oh, okay. So at the end of The Gathering, two-parter episodes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Titania whispers something into Fox's ear before oh, yeah. she leaves. Yeah, she does. Ooh. What does she say? I don't, wow, yeah. That is what does never, she tell her? That is never I addressed. need to know. Which is so odd that for gargoyles. so odd. It's not addressed in any of the comics. Nope. Oh boy. Huh. Um, she is Broadway's mother. Jalapena. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jalapena. I imagine she is because at the end of the gathering, that is um, when they prevent yeah Oberon Oberon from, from taking, taking Alexander. The baby. Yep. Um, whisper something to her daughter. I'm I'm imagining it has something to do with Renard. Her father. Her oh, father. About her okay. father. Interesting. Okay. I always suspected it was something of comfort mm -hmm. because the expression on Fox's face. It's like surprise, right? I, I took it as surprise. Yeah. We're softening a little bit. She doesn't oh, yeah, right. she doesn't go on edge. Like it doesn't doesn't alert her to anything it, right. and it's not like what yeah right yeah but it's like yeah maybe some word of effect, affection or something about her yeah. power, her power just, yeah. something about her power yeah maybe. that how cool is it when fox's power her latent power came out yeah. oh yeah Very, yeah so, again so yourself. much better than it had to, had be. to be absolutely and it's like the mother raising a car off of her baby like that's what, yeah. that's right. what triggers her yeah exactly alexander's in danger zap, zap. i love the resolve of that here we are raving again um <laughs> i just i love yeah back to puck of uh whenever he trains alex he can be puck he can be puck yeah but otherwise, otherwise he's always yeah. owen owen yeah and i love their their little adventure episode and that was a great way to end that too because at that point everyone knows owen is puck Right. So how do you then justify ever seeing Owen again and believing it? Right, 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 right. And so there you go. A well-written yeah. reason. Puck needs a vacation, so he's just going to pop into Owen for a minute. And what? Yeah, he came back. Oh, and he was doing all the body switching and the souls. Yes. Yep. And that's when yes. Broadway and, and For the Angela. spirit to be Angela. willing, the yeah. flesh yep. must first grow weak. Exactly. Yes. Yep. It's just a walking well, Seriously, you are, you're, the, you're the gargoyle wiki. Well, like I whenever mean, we type it in, it's it's going right to you, right? I wouldn't go that far, but just like you, 
like my mom, I'd have her tape episodes for me when I wasn't <laughs> going to be there to watch them. Yeah. And so I just watched these VHS tapes constantly growing up. Um, Mom taped gargoyles for you and dad drove you to the gathering, man. Yeah. Cool mom and dad. Yeah, that is, that's a very gargoyle. I just want to put this out. Mom did not (laughs) tape episodes of gargoyles for me. No, definitely not. Very cool. That's a great question. I mean, I, I do want to know. It's like a great mystery. Titania said, yeah. Yeah. And we'll never know probably. A mystery that you can just wonder about. Because we do have enough clues to know that it was, it wasn't ominous. Right. It's not a warning. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it was a promise. Yeah. Of, of, of something. something great. And they're not bound by time and space over on Titania, right? They experience, I guess. They, well, I, I guess, guess they as are, they're beings, it, Avalon, they say, works at a different time rate. It, time there goes much slowly, but it does pass because right. Tom grows up over the oh, years. Yes. Tom. Oh, Tom. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't talk about Tom. With that Goliath Tom armor. and the princess. Yeah. And the Magus. And the Magus. Ah! Oh, the Magus. That's such oh, a great. The Magus. Great story. Here we are. Also voiced by great. Jeff Bennett. By really? Way. Yeah. Man, what a Jeff Bennett actor. is a friggin' superstar. Tom, when Tom shows up in the, Goli- the gargoyle the armor. armor. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> I remember. That was like one of those things that I had. Yeah, when he shows back up in New York as the Guardian. That's one of those things that I always remembered about the show. Out of context, I just had that image of this like knight in gargoyle armor. Yeah. So cool. Does anybody else cosplay. have a big, do you have a big question? Sketch? I have two big questions, so they're not that big. All right, give us one. Why? You already gave an answer to this, but I don't accept it. Why did Goliath have a name, but no one else did in the clan? Because it wasn't their way. No, I know, humans... but why did, then why did Goliath get one? The humans named him after the biblical Goliath. They had to have something to address him as the leader, I guess. But But it's weird because they didn't give Hudson a name. Exactly. They didn't give Hudson a name. Well, he was a forgettable leader. (gasps) How dare you? I'm just like, he what? Well, yeah, because everyone got frozen to stone for a thousand years on Hudson's watch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hudson. So Hudson. (laughs) That did not come out. Well, Hudson is certainly not forgettable. Um, I will retract that before we get hate mail. But what I mean, but Hudson, I already feel people typing. Hudson was never power hungry. I think he was never, uh, I'm sure I I can, (laughs) I can just some nobody from Jakku is vigorously (laughs) typing away on his uh, his laptop right now. But, um, Hudson did not seek power or politics or favor. Mm -hmm. Um, He was like, he's a gargoyles gargoyle. Um, a real gargoyle. And, and clearly I think. The relationship, I wish they'd explored it between the captain of the guard. He and Hudson had so many similarities. So it was clear to me that he and Hudson had grown up together. And he didn't, he didn't need a name because, um, the, the humans, it was the next generation of humans. It was the the princess Catherine and the Magus who were suspicious of the, but all of the older, uh, people at Castle Wyvern respected and looked to the gargoyles as family and kin they 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 didn't need names yeah. like That's the captain really of the guard just saw him as another brother observation thank you okay so I, he was uh, hudson was yes their their leader yeah but i don't think hudson ever thought of himself as their leader you know what it's almost like hudson and demona 
you talk about Hudson being a gargoyle's gargoyle. I feel like Demona was very much a gargoyle's gargoyle. Yes. Yeah. It's like a very different. They totally, it, totally yeah. different methodology, different yeah. instincts on how to accomplish that. But Goliath almost is this outlier. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He um he gravitates towards humans the way no other gargoyle does. Yes. Yep. And and I would argue the only Sexually. reason the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yes. that too very much so. Um, and I would argue the only reason the the brothers do is because uh, they've been raised by Goliath and they right. they're naturally curious of the human world of, of the human world yeah. exactly. Mm. But I feel like prior you know and and very much. Okay, so your answer is Goliath has has kind of had more back and forth interactions with humans more than any other gargoyle beforehand. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yep. I, I will accept it. I will accept it. Fire up the wiki. Also, like, <laughs> tangent. <laughs> like, this has been pointed out to me before. It blows my mind that the series essentially starts with a suicide. Yeah. When Goliath yep. asks the Magus to put the spell on him, cast your spell one more time. Right. He's not expecting to ever, ever wake up. No. no. Yeah. No. Yep. Wow. Yep. I didn't think of it like like that. I failed my clan. Absolutely right. He's falling on his sword. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And in a way, I wonder if he resents Xanatos a little bit for bringing them back to life. Wow. Maybe especially right at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep stuff. That is deep. This show show is so much better than it had to be. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. And at the same time, aren't you... Don't you wish everything was at that oh, standard? Uh, yes, absolutely. Everything could be so oh, yeah. yeah. Good. It proves the point that you can do this and you can become beloved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it makes you a little mad. I have, I have when kind of. People a, don't do it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and when they are. Uh, a great example of this is um, like Frozen. Frozen isn't a very deep movie, it's just huge and has like big stories. And princesses. The Disney Frozen? Yeah, Disney Frozen. Okay. Yeah, like, I was not a fan of that movie either. Well, it's like a hodgepodge of three other movies. <laughs> uh, here's, here's a big question. Okay. When we meet other gargoyles from around the world, mm-hmm. they speak the language or have the appropriate accent mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the area. This is the other one I wrote down. Of our core group, yep. who are from Scotland. Yep. The only gargoyle this that has the, a Scottish accent I wrote is down. Hudson. This is hilarious. Why do none of the other gargoyles we have are Scottish like a married accents? Couple. We are. It's Goodness that gracious! Romantic weekend we spent up yes. in the mountains of New Hampshire yes. this time by the fire. Yes, it wasn't enough for me to be a rant, but I was like, "Why does no one else have accents?" It, you're in. You're in the area of the world with the with the strongest accent while you still speak English. <laughs> And like, there's not even a little, little tinge except for Hudson. Yeah. And then you go to yeah. Japan and they and have you go to the, accents. The, you go to, to South, Amazon, America. South America. Yep. You, you know, they tra- they, even the English, the English, the English ones. All, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Griff. All, yes. Griff. Una and Leo. And, yes. They all have appropriate accents. accents. Mm-hmm. Why don't? It's a great big question. Well, you see, guys, as we understand the Scottish accent <laughs> in 994 AD, mm-hmm. It was very similar, actually, to American English. So, really, Hudson was weird. Yeah. He was the outlier. Hudson started the accent. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the way he spoke. He technically did have a name, but no one used it because they couldn't say it. And then they were like, you know what? Gargles just don't have names. The Magus also doesn't have an accent. 
That is interesting. I, I don't know why they made that, that choice. Very Ed Asner just sounded so great and wise. He really did. With his Scottish accent. Yeah. He really did. You know, for all we know, they wanted Scottish accents, and then they were like, mm, "Not everybody can not. do them." Maybe. Yeah, yeah, they're hard. Can you imagine? Princess Catherine like, had a Scottish yes, accent. Yes, so did Tom. And so Tom. it existed. Not the Magus, though. Right, not the Magus. Macbeth. Macbeth had one. Oh, Macbeth. but not uh, yeah. Gilcom Gain. No. And not um, no other all the, girls. The modern hunters had modern, Scottish accents. Yes, they did. The modern hunters. Yep, they did. Their dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who fell to his death from Off, Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You saw the chalk outline. I right? did. Like, yeah, it's yeah. still there. It's still there. Yep. <laughs> now that's funny. That, that was, was my dark. exact question. <laughs> we're we're kind of dark. That was, but that was a dark scene. That was too. very dark. Yeah. Because it's in front of his children. Yes. Yeah. Not that Demona knew that, and we don't know exactly what happened up there either. But the, the, the pretty fact sure that the she kids... threw him off the side of Notre Dame. Yeah, but I mean, these hunters all the time—they're like just—they're <laughs> falling off you know. of things. And but his yeah. Da Vinci glider, yeah, was so decrepit it didn't open. It didn't. That's that's what really happened. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! He still was holding on to it. Uh, yeah, glider. it was just yeah. past its prime at that point. Yeah. Uh, well, because hunters don't fly; they can only glide. <laughs> on currents of wind. Which I love that they they really stuck to that. They did. Yep. That would have been easy to walk away from. Sometimes it was a little easy to glide, start gliding. But those updrafts, they were always, it was, it was the steam a, rising from the streets of New York. Yeah. Careful, like updrafts. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, any, other, any other big questions, guys? That's all of mine. I, uh, I never even considered the language stuff. I assume that Avalon magic kind of explains everything that we don't know. <laughs> Sure. I mean, that's that's plausible. Because Angela doesn't have an accent either, and she's raised specifically by, by Scots. Yeah. Like, uh, only two. Scott and the Magnus, I guess. I guess, okay. I always wondered why Broadway and Angela were um, gravitated toward each other romantically. Yeah. Oh, I can answer this? Okay. I can answer this. Yeah. Sure. Because okay. he appreciated her for who she was and not just the fact that she was the only other female gargoyle because like the minute brooklyn saw her like Uh, they all did the episode where they competed mm -hmm. and and brooklyn at one point says i don't know if angela but he's like i'm second in command Mm -hmm. like that's his justification for why she should be with him Mm -hmm. but then there's like an episode later where um Broadway and Angela are reading poetry to each other and he's like reading her poetry like he actually appreciated her for who she was as a person something definitely stirred in them when they had the souls of, of the other yeah, yeah. And fire right because right. they were romantic right and um, totally. and they remember they, they said they could remember everything. everything right and that that's definitely where we start started seeing them be romantically involved right and uh, i guess took it from there yeah you're absolutely right and that makes a lot of sense i forgot that i guess um good memory part of my as much as i love relationships in shows i felt maybe just a little okay so here's a new female character one right. of us must mate with her immediately her. right we must yes. pair her off right and i think that didn't sit super well with me even you know at age 11 
whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I just always, I guess I, <laughs> I got the vibe that she and Gabriel, her um, rookery brother on Avalon, that they were going to have a thing. Yeah. But they're more siblings in their relationship. And but in gargoyle culture, who knows who is right. sibling? How do you how do you know who's, you're all brothers? You're all brothers and sisters. Oh, oh! So Gabriel, if you remember what he looked like, yes, he's actually the biological son of Coldstone, Coldstone and Coldfire. Ah, yeah, I get that. He had like the same uh, kind of horns. Yeah, yeah. crown of his head. Yeah, yeah. They thought about this they way really, more than they, they had to. Yes, and here we are, twenty four years later, appreciating it. And this is what they've been waiting for. This episode. <laughs> this was why totally. they used yep. the Phoenix Gate to go into the future, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. knowing that this would happen. Absolutely. Uh, any more big questions? I'm out of big questions. Oh, not so much a question, but maybe this is more of a got another rave. Sure. The Weird Sisters were yeah. so cool. Oh, they were. And I want to so know cool. more about them. Yeah. Like, I want to know all about them. Their their origins in Scottish lore. And the show really allowed them to sit in this mysterious place for a long time yeah. before we yeah. learned anything about them. And that was so cool because yeah. we're, we were so used, I think, as kids to really like, here's a threat and here's why. And, yeah. and right. here's a motivation. And they were just allowed to be mysterious. And wacky. Wacky. And terrifying. And te- yeah. It appears yeah. in different iterations, like three little girls. Yep. Three gargoyle yes. women. Yep. Like you never three quite... old ladies. Three old ladies. They were always yeah. mother maiden crone. Yeah. Such cool. They were really uh, cool stuff. Just the character development in the show in general. Strong agree. Yeah. Back in, back to Raves again. Back to Raves. Always again. back to Raves. Always. <laughs> Sign of a good show. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it's hey, we're geeking out about it. Mm-hmm. It must be. Um, I have one last big question, right. if nobody else has one. Wrap it up for us. Is David Xanatos mm-hmm. a villain? Is he actually a villain? I will say... He's certainly, he's certainly Machiavellian. And his quest for Im- immortality causes horrific events that, that he attempts at times to make amends for. Mm-hmm. But is he is he actually a villain in the show? I will say no. Okay. I will say he's an adversary for okay. most of the show. There's one episode, the episode where um, they go to Arizona and and it's uh, they're talking about the Native American coyote spirit. Yes. Where he's about to melt everyone with acid. Yes. <laughs> and he says something like. What do you think? It's my first, uh, you know, my first trip into real villainy. villainy. Yeah. And I agreed at that moment. I was right. like, yes, this this is a villain moment more than anything else you've done. Right. So I would just say he's at odds with the gargoyles through most of these seasons, but he's not a true villain. That's okay. my that's my answer. I to play devil's advocate. Sure. I will say he is a villain okay. because he at the beginning of the series, and for most of it, operates from a very selfish, self-serving point of view. He will overstep legality. He'll overstep morality. Anything that serves his primary directive, he'll serve. And he's supposed to be a billionaire, a yeah. philanthropist. Um, think of all the good he could have done with his money if it were focused on 
others and not his sole pursuit of living forever. So I think in that regard, he is villainous. But he is a very interesting, multifaceted, genius villain. Yeah, he's not your generic mustache twirling tight of the train tracks villain. No. He's he's the red dragon. He creates himself. Yeah, he does. Self-made man. Yeah. Yeah. Self-made yeah. I love that. He truly is a self-made man. He goes back in time to Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great episode. (laughs) And he's basically just like, Yeah, I'm back in time in Scotland. Yep. Like, there's no adjustment period. Yeah. He didn't need an adjustment period because he remembered the, he, he, he had the letter. Yeah, yeah. He didn't remember it because he hadn't done right. it yet, but, but he, he had knew. the letter that everything was going to turn out well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sure. This leads me to a question. Okay. okay. Time loops. Yes. How does time work in the Gargoyles universe? Great because question. there's so many things that only happened because they happened. Yes. And their whole kind of um, rules of time like certain things are not changeable it happened but so it happened yeah sometimes it gives me a headache if i think too deeply about it yeah this is always why i get a little disappointed when time travel active time travel gets into these shows because it opens up too many of these questions like goliath had the phoenix gate why not save his whole clan right right you know i can answer that because he didn't Because then he never so meets he can't. Lisa. Yeah. That's an awfully selfish reason, though. It is. A lot of dead gargoyles. It is a lot of dead gargoyles. But you're, yes. Well, we've uh, already established Goliath loves humans more yeah. than gargoyles. But he, you're so. right. He didn't save them, so he can't. By, by the rules right. established by that. Yeah. Because even when, but then they go back in time mm-hmm. to World War II yeah, England during the Battle of the Blitz. Mm-hmm. And he could go back. And he didn't remember. Saving Griff. Griff, right? Until he actually saved Griff the first time. Exactly. Yeah. He wasn't, but he was already th- that. That's timey wimey stuff, timey man. Wimey. It is timey wimey yeah. because he it didn't remember going back in time right. and letting Griff die because he didn't want to change history. But he only saved Griff because he saw what happened if he didn't save him. Timey wimey. Una this and Leo remembered him going back to the future in a flash <laughs> of light. Let's be thankful that when gargoyles are smashed in their stone form, oh. that's the end of it. And they don't revert to gargoyle pieces when the sun comes up. Oh, man. I thought, I that thought multiple about that times. I didn't want to bring it up. But that would be so messed up. Like Goliath gets back to the yeah. castle and it's nighttime and now yeah. they're not stone pieces. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That I almost thought they were going that way. Because Demona kills people that way, too, in City of Stone. Yes. She yeah. just goes around murdering people. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how do we not bring that up? Oh, I just did. <laughs> I knew it had to be. Kid show. <laughs> Make sure you get home from Disney school. afternoon. Put it on. Deliciously dark. Today after Tailspin. <laughs> <laughs> Only one season of Tailspin. Not There's really. another show Step that right I remember fondly on going in. on forever. Oh my goodness. You remember this theme Swear song the of Tailspin? Oh, that was oh, a great. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah, that was a great. <laughs> oh. There's so much to do. Um, Get ready just for you. Zero, I did not share this with you because we don't always do it, but Sketch has a pitch. A pitch, please. Yes, I do. a little segment that we sometimes do. But now I'm scared because I know Zero doesn't want one. <laughs> doesn't want to reboot. You have to share it with okay, us. This is my this is my idea for how, how you could bring Gargoyles back. 
to okay. a younger audience. Or I mean, not even necessarily younger. Us. New gener- us, sure. back yeah. to us. <laughs> and I say um, basically like a Netflix relaunch in the vein of Voltron. How like, Ooh. you know, we kind of... Uh. I hope those are good. Those were pleasure. Okay. Oh, okay. Pleasure <laughs> you know, in, in the sense that we we take this older property and we really just take like the motifs and the and, and a general feeling of the show and we just craft basically just this incredibly crafted original show based on this motif, right? Sure. And I say in this gargoyle story, instead of setting it in uh, modern day, because I think it's too problematic. Set it during the 1850s. Oh. Right? Because that's kind of like the rebirth, not the right rebirth, the, the birth of, of uh, yeah, Civil War and also this rise in spiritualism in uh, Europe mm, and yeah. in America where like the the lines between science and spiritual and supernatural mm-hmm. are naturally blurred in, sure. in our actual history anyway. And um, you could do the show still in New York, but you could do it easily in London or Edinburgh. You could, um, you could give it like a slight, just, delicate slight steampunky aspect yeah. you know just mm. to kind of bring in this tech and science mixing with magic oh, man i want to see those steel clan robots. Right? you could st- yeah absolutely oh, you know yeah. like steampunky steel clan um you could still have xanatos because that's like a perfect like name for like a steampunky inventor absolutely you know philanthropist in one of these cities mm. Maza can still be, you know, she can be like the typical Victorian woman, but she's like dabbling in, in detective work and she's like out there at night perfecting that craft. I think I think gargoyles, this idea of gargoyles from the show just fits perfectly into that. that Setting the modern day yeah. in the 1800s. Yeah. 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 Ah. Very cool. I'd watch Some that. Jack the Ripper-esque. Yeah, exactly. Prime yeah, that, that kind mm. of that kind of stuff. Oh, interesting. Around this same time in uh, England, there is, this is after Jack the Ripper, they have um, a, a different, like, terrorizer of the streets, like a, a monster called Springheel Jack. Yeah. That oh, actually yeah. kind of mm. looks like a gargoyle. And, like, you have a population that's, like, just primed and ready to, like, believe just this. believe. Yeah. yeah. And, and to have these, yeah. quote-unquote, monsters, you know, at night. It just it fits really well, and if it's in America, you have the the bubblings of the Civil War coming out, sure. which could play into mm. parts. I mean, I think there's potential there. That's a I'd fascinating show. One hundred percent, ten out of ten would watch. Thank you. Ooh, all Thank right. Thank you very much. That's my pitch. Netflix. Uh, we get on it. All right. That brings us to our final segment of the show. Shades and sketch recommendations. Zara, you want to start us? Oh, thank, thank you. you. We, we uh, never we get wrote, live complimented. We wrote on it that. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we did lots and lots of uh, drafts. Yeah, before we landed on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zara, do you have a recommendation uh, for our longtime listeners, or anything that you'd like to plug, or both? Ooh, a recommendation as in what I think you should watch or check out. Yes. yes. Yeah. Does it have to be animated? It no. can literally be anything, anything. you want. We've recommended buying cars. Um, <laughs> the entirety of the, of the DCU. Going to therapy? Yep. Yeah. I mean, this is anything. No boundaries. I um, just started listening to a really fascinating podcast. Two episodes are out. It's called The Dream. This season, it's examining multi-level management companies, huh. MLMs. Um, 
pyramid schemes and kind of how these companies, um, while technically legal, kind of are inspired by these pyramid scheme methodology and they prey on vulnerable communities. It's really fascinating stuff. And this podcast seems to really delve deeply into the psychology of it, the origins of it. So I'm listening to that now and really digging it. The I also, Dream, you said? It's called The Dream? The Dream. All right. The Dream. Cool. I will check yeah. that out. I'm also really digging. I've been a longtime listener of the Generation Y podcast, spelled W-H-Y. Oh. They're, um, two guys will discuss a case Often it's an unsolved case. It's a true crime podcast. Um, I really enjoy true crime, and and that's a really good, simple, straightforward uh, podcast about various cases in true crime. So those are my recommendations. Well, thank you. Yeah. As far as stuff to plug, um, as you mentioned, I play Rizavi on Voltron Legendary Defender and season 7 is out streaming now on Netflix season 8 is coming out later this year Um, definitely give that a listen a watch so good and um, Young Justice Outsiders is coming to the DC Universe streaming service early 2019 if you liked Gargoyles you'll love Young Justice common thread being Greg Wiseman is one of the masterminds behind okay. it. And again, he just does world building, world building so well. Yeah, I see that connection now that you say yeah. that. Yeah. And a so if you building. haven't seen Young Justice seasons one and two, absolutely watch them. They're streaming now on the DC Universe streaming service. And then uh, you'll be ready for season three when it comes out. Cannot wait. Yeah. yeah. Another streaming for service. For both of those, Voltron and... Because you recently recommended Voltron, and I was I really behind. And so I was like, all right, I got to get back into it. And then I just devoured all of it. See, was season four where you oh, really yeah. got into it? With the magic Probably. they introduced? See, with, like it. really heavy handed magic. I watched it like all at once. Yeah. It it's a slow burn. There. It's such a slow burn. Yeah. And, but then it just takes off. Very rarely does a show get better the longer it goes on. Yeah. Like specifically yeah. animated. And this is a great example. Without of spoiling it. anything, it's just at an amazing place right now. Yeah. Strong agree. And it's really interesting yeah. the way they're, um, I don't, Zara, I don't know if you watched the original Voltron back in the day. I didn't. Yeah, I, I got bits and pieces of it, but a lot of the things they're doing now in season six and seven, I can't wait to watch season eight, is kind of touching on um, the way Voltron, original Voltron unfolded. Because the original show was um, discarded animes from Japan. And they cut like five different shows together into a new show and then brought it to America and wrote an original story over the the animation from like these five different shows. Power Rangers has done the same done the same way. Power Rangers like a mashup of five different shows. And in one of the iterations, their um the resistance all have like their little ships and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like uh Matt's brother is a member of them. Mm Uh, they all combine at one point into like there were like nine different things that combined into oh, Voltron. Pidge's brother Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I said that, that incorrectly. Right. Pidge's brother Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So like his group. Yeah. Eventually, and they're it's they're you know we're expanding our our vehicular 
mechs mm -hmm. at this point, not to give mm -hmm. too much away oh, yeah, don't give in Voltron, mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. I really like that they're bringing in that legacy of later seasons of Voltron. Very cool. Original yeah. Voltron, I should say. That's been very cool. Uh, Sketch, do you want to give your rec? Okay, I mean, keep in mind I just said no boundaries. Right. Right? <laughs> you can recommend anything you'd like. Okay. Oh, give boy. any kind of homework. You're going to wreck a, an animation? No. I'm going to oh. recommend the country of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was lucky one. enough to visit Scotland in uh, 2009. It was a lovely trip. And um, specifically, my, my, um, my recommendation boils down to visiting a specific castle. Okay. In Scotland ah. called, I wrote it down, but I don't, Dunatar. Okay. Castle, Dunatar Castle. And, um. I just offended all of our Scottish listeners. Yep, I did. Uh, uh, but I warned early did, on. Yeah. Um, if you look on the Gargoyles Wikipedia page, the uh, Castle Wyvern is based on ah. Tintagel Castle. However have, have you, you been there? That. Never been there because that's in England. I've been to England. Oh. But. Other people have argued that it's based on this castle in Scotland, Dunatar. Okay. They look very similar. And I think the I think the best evidence, other than the fact that they look very similar, is that Dunatar is actually in Scotland. Right. And the other one's in England. And it has gargoyles on it? It has tons of gargoyles. No, okay. they've been removed. They've they were removed years ago by a, a wealthy oh. philanthropist. Um, yeah, he took the land to after. But uh, the point is it's a beautiful location. See what you did there. Thank you. And uh, it's, you know, it's a seaside right on the cliff over the North Sea. Beautiful place if you can ever go. So I recommend visiting Dunatar Castle. And guys, it's five euros that to get amazing. in. It's cheap. It's cheap. <laughs> it's a cheap recommendation from Sketch. And uh, like $3,000 to get a, there. You know, that's not Besides a recommendation. <laughs> that's not, you know, I'm just recommending the castle. Five euros. Planes, trains, and automobiles. It's very cool. Hotel go up this winding oh path. It's it's, it's, it's on this little jutting out piece of land that's only connected to the mainland with this like really narrow So it is strip. Castle Wyvern. It, yes, I'm that's what I'm saying. Like, it Google really, image search really of it. it. It's stunning. Yes, right? Maybe I'll wow. uh, I'll link a, a picture on Please do. On Facebook. Yeah. Maybe I'll link a picture to both and let our, our listeners decide listeners which decide is which. which they think. I think that's fair. For the um, Gargoyles 50 year mm -hmm. anniversary podcast, that we'll all record. Yeah. We should record in this castle. We should do it we there. Should, yeah. yeah. Strong agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Strong agree. It's only five euros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a cheap trip. <laughs> cheap trip. Um, I'll follow that up with uh, the entire country of France. Oh. it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. Get on that long time, listeners. If you guys uh, are good about it, you can knock these both out in a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know spare no expense. Take a ferry. And now you have a podcast glide to you. listen to on you the do. trip over. No, um, uh, silliness aside, I, I will recommend, um, this could be difficult if you, if you aren't on this platform, but I will recommend uh, the new Spider-Man PS4 game. Uh, um, I yes. am a big Spider-Man fan. I've always appreciated and enjoyed Spider-Man. I've always been let down in big ways in all of the movie adaptations that they've done. And that's not mm -hmm. to say that those they're not fantastic movies in their own way, but I... I and I'm always left wanting for something in, in Peter Parker's Spider-Man, yeah. his wit, his wittiness, and, and just how much he loves being Spider-Man, no matter how difficult it makes his life. And mm -hmm. this game captures that perfectly. And they did something really smart, not giving anything away. They set it five years into Peter being Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. 
So I said that incorrectly. So he's uh, been. He's been Spider-Man for five years. He's been Spider-Man for eight yeah. years. Oh. But they're they're oh. five years past like all of the origin stories that they've done. So gotcha. all of the origin stories that we've gotten from Spider-Man take place in his first three years. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is eight years after all of the origin stories and movies that we've seen. Oh, okay. And it tells a new story. Brand new story. Brand new story. It took some getting used to the spider suit, like the white spider mm-hmm. motif. Um, I played the game wearing the Stark suit, which looks fantastic. Uh, I went back and forth between that and the You're suit. talking about your Stark suit. That you have that you put on uh, yeah. to play the game exactly. Okay, right. yeah, um, yes, cool. and also the the Spider Man, the Tony Stark built Spider Man suit from Spider Man Homecoming. Okay. I think that looked the best, but I really also enjoyed playing as Scarlet Spider. Mm-hmm. Love that outfit. Uh, there are unlockable suits, so if you don't like the white spider motif that they give you in the game, you can wear the classic suit. You can wear Spider Man twenty nine ninety nine. You can wear the Scarlet Spider. You can wear um, his. Uh, home-built suit from the beginning of Civil War that that Tony Stark makes fun of, and you can also wear like the one my, another one I really enjoyed wearing was the noir suit from Spider-Man Noir when they did the whole. It sounds like Sims suit. meets Spider-Man. It really is. It's a it's, it's you can customize it in, in many different ways. You can give the suit attributes. It, it's just so well done. It's uh, some elements of the development. It could have been a little better, but it's it's a great successor to the Arkham series. I've heard that from multiple mm. people. It's uh, if you really liked the Arkham Batman Which games, I, I would highly recommend uh, Spider-Man PS4. It's a great story, uh, very well. I have done. a lot of friends who voice actor friends who are involved in the game, so I'm so excited. People love it so much. Yeah, high praise to all of the so actors well. that worked on it. They really brought their A game. I've heard great things, and I'm planning to play it hopefully soon. You have access. I gotta start it up. All right. That's high praise coming from you, a self-proclaimed DC fanboy. Oh yeah, fanboy. I'm a DC fanboy through and through. I yeah. loved playing this game. Yeah. I can't wait for the next installment to come out. Spoilers: there will be another game. Great, but I won't give anything else away. <laughs> out of respect, the only time I won't spoil something is if Sketch hasn't experienced hasn't it yet. Experienced it yet. Thank you. The rest, much. of the rest of you. Sorry. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, uh, Zara, thank you so much for yeah, joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank Gargoyle you so expert. much for having me. didn't have much me. of a choice, I guess, the Phoenix we, yeah, summoning kinda... you. Uh, yeah, I mean, here. bloom where you're planted. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And we usually, um, you know, we like to take souvenirs for the GoCo when we leave. Do you have anything that you would like oh, to bring I am, with you? I am hands down taking uh, Mr. Xanatos's next suit. His gargoyle. His gargoyle themed not, suit. Not Coyote. No, no, no. no. Okay. That was too oh, I am, I'm taking this next suit. That. We didn't even get into Coyote. No. Guys, there's too much. It's we too could much. do a whole podcast on gargoyles. We could do a whole episode just on Xanatos' life model decoys. Yeah. Yeah, we could, <laughs> actually. Sketch, what are you going to grab? Well, Shays, I'm happy to announce uh, that I have, I've carved out a little piece of the GoCo, and I am officially opening Sketch's Menagerie. It's a foster home for abandoned geek critters. <laughs> and uh, our first, our first uh, adoptee will be Bronx from Gargoyles. Going to give him a good home until he gets Aww. a until he gets a, a fresh start and a relaunched series or rebooted series. Going to take good care of him, good home, and I'll, I'll get him more friends throughout the Geekverse too. Bronx, this is not your room. Bronx can stay wherever <laughs> he wants. Also, it's daylight, so you're talking to a statue. <laughs>
Well played. Uh, Zara, do you, do you have anything that you'd like to uh, take back with you through the Phoenix Gate? I do. I'm going to grab a shard of gargoyle skin That's... and use it to cut off Xanatos' ponytail. That's what I'm going to take back with me. <laughs> so be careful of that skin. It can yeah, turn so... your, uh, your body parts stone if you're, if you're not, not careful. careful. Uh-oh. And I I don't want to know what you're going to do with that ponytail. Uh, You know, it's a Saturday night. Okay. Anything can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks for listening. And once again, very special thank you to Zara Fossil for being our guest gargoyle expert on this week's episode. Really taught us something. Really taught us quite a bit. I thought I knew a lot about gargoyles. Turns out. Now I know a lot more. Um, So... Uh, If you are a fan of the show, uh, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating and review on your platform of choice. It really does make a difference in boosting the profile of the show, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, uh, Player FM, we're all over the place and we would appreciate you leaving us a rating and review or... Yeah, you could reach out to us on Facebook. Just search Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch. See all of our Episodes posted there and some goodies as well. You can email us at gowithshadesandsketch at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Shades and Sketch. That is correct. All right. Guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next time, guys. Mm-hmm.